Good everyone, welcome to the Side Hit Podcast. I'm your host Pat Tony, and today with us we got P Diggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on, Diggs? Chilling, my man. Chilling. And how's summer been? Been gigging by the looks of it. Yep, yep. It's um for me, yeah, yeah. Summertime is is, is all go really. It's uh, it's when we make hay. It's like you know, that, that's my busy time, and I get to chill through most of the year. That's what a lot of you do is look at me through the year. Going, does this fucker even work? <laughs> but yeah, this is my full on time as a musician here, yeah, playing festivals. So it's just pretty, pretty um, out of it right now to see how we're celebrating summer, having festivals and the rest of the world. And thank you, Auntie Cindy. In bonkers land, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, man. Thank you, Auntie Cindy. The way they managed it was damn correct mm. the right way you know i like the way she came out and just said i don't understand it so i'm going to let the science and and go by the facts i like that she said that it was yeah. just like hooray you know every other dude well every other dude every other leader around the world was just like clowns about it but i and, you know i understand far out crazy pressure right yeah if that's yeah. your first if that's your you know, first time being a prime minister of, of a country, then you have a global pandemic that says you've got to shut your whole country and eco- economy down. It's yeah. pretty scary. A few uh, characters going to have a few opinions on that one. Yeah, exactly. And they did, eh? Mm. But um, uh, good on good on Auntie Cindy. Yeah. Good girl. If you ever end up listening to this, kind of doubt it, though. <laughs> uh, we'll crack into um, the basics. So where are you from, Diggs, and how'd you get into snowboarding? Um, I, <clears throat> I'm originally from, I was born in Upper Hutt actually, Hutt Hospital, and I grew up in Silverstream, mixture of Silverstream, Porirua, and then I moved to Hawke's Bay, which is where I fell in love with skating. Oh, how and, so? Uh, well, 86, around that time, 86, I was 12 years old, and not much in the world was cooler than watching skateboarding. So. Right. Yeah, so I was just like, oh my God, i got to do that. And then I remember going into Hannah's Surf and Dive. It wasn't, you know, there weren't even skate shops. Back then it was like Sterling Sports or, yeah. you know, it was in the 80s and that shit. And then it was, um, yeah, man, I remember going to Hannah's Surf and Dive and they had these blanks and they were um, called sidewalk surfers. They were just blanks of um didn't even have paint on them they were just blank wood but they were concaved yeah and um they they came from the mount i think something radar radar was sending them out at that time and we actually they were the shape of this uh vision psycho stick so like and i saw that i was like shit man that's the baddest i took it home painted it black (laughs) and at the time i could barely afford grip tape and i had to it was crazy because at the time they were selling grip tape by like 10 centimetres for like $5. And I, Holy shit. Yeah, it was crazy. It's like for a deck, or, you know, and it was, but this was like fluorescent green. So I'd, I'd go in there and just say, can I have 20 centimetres of uh, like half the board? Because I couldn't really afford to get the whole board. So I just cut them into strips and made a zebra stripe green uh, fluoro. <laughs> Black make your grip take go and, further and actually yeah made it go further but it was actually really grippy because of all the gaps that, 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 that was worked real good man sick but so yeah. this this was kind of the Bones Brigade height yeah well that was like yeah 80 86 80, 87 was when I bought the board I was full you know 
learning rail slides, doing curb grinds and all that stuff, only north curbs, thinking that was the shit, going down the height, going down the flexum intermediate, turning the, the, the chairs upside down and skating, the rail sliding those. And that was like, I did a year of that and then the Bones Brigade came. Oh, and that's sick. when shit changed. And like, like came to New Zealand? They came to New Zealand, yeah, in 89. Wow. 88, 89, and right about just, you know, like, so I skated for a year, and it was a wave, it just was a wave over the whole of New Zealand, it was like breakdancing back in the early 80s, Yeah, just took over the world, you know, and then skateboarding, every kid that I knew wanted to skateboard and that stuff, and then the Bones Brigade came, and that's when the first time I stayed over at a friend's in Napier to go skate the streets of Napier and bomb downhills. That's when I actually fell in love with bombing, Sick. bombing hills like gnarly hills, and just getting scared. It was like Napier was like the first right. time I was like shit, and then like so we were into that, and then I remember like uh, around that same time, so eighty nine ninety yeah, that's the time around that we were all like because we we had to fundraise in the Hawks Bay to get a, get get a bunch of parks. So we got two vert ramps and we built two new bowls from the fundraising. Sick. Yeah, it was awesome. And the vert ramps were mint. So we just, I rode vert all the time and then went down to the 89 Nationals in Paraparomu, Paraparam, aka Pram, <laughs> McLean <laughs> Park. Yeah, that was the shit. And then um, my mum, man, back in the day, man, my mum used to like, She's the best because, you know, like all I had lots of brothers and sisters, nine brothers and sisters, all loved sport. I was the kind of like I was good at rugby and, and cricket, but I just I was into like skating and surfing. Yeah. So like my mum being awesome mum and my parents I should say, being the awesome parents they were, they they was like, What do you want to do? I was like, Can you take me to the new skate park? And look, can you take me to Belleville Bowl? Can you take me to Topor to go to the new skate park? And she was like, when They would make weekends of it and we'll like, you know, divide the time up with my other brothers and sisters. But she would take me and my whole friend, almost friends, like Oscar from Carrick, Nathan Williams, yeah, the boys, would take us to the Nationals, take us to like the bowls around the country, man. So, yeah, that's, you know. So, so you mentioned Napier. Was this was uh, Shay Atari? Yeah, Shay was. So I'm from Flaxmere. Flaxmere had a bowl. Havelock North had a bowl. Uh, Napier didn't. They had a vert ramp. Taradale had a bowl. And so in Flaxmere, we had our little crew, and they had all these little crews that would turn up. And then one day, Shay turns up with Stefan White and. Callum Pedersen, R.I.P. homie, and one other cat, one other cat, and she turns up and with a brand new fucking uh, Rob Roscoff. So yeah, and we were like, "What the hell?" Because you know, and this was right in the day when it was very hard to get pro boards. Mm. Like, like I'm saying, I had that. Um, I had a bloody blank deck. Yeah, and he turns up to a bowl. And he ollied the gap. We had this like drain, and we used to be like, "Well, if you can ollie the drain, then you get cred. But if you can ollie it long ways, oh, you're like shit." And he he ollied it both ways straight away, and we were like, "Who the hell is that?" But I kid you not, this was right. My favorite video at that time was Santa Cruz Wheels of Fire, 
and molecules of motion the vision video and at the time and like no one in the country at that time well i didn't know anyone that could do a kickflip and that's what like jeff kendall was the first person i ever saw do a kickflip on that video shay turns up and does a kickflip in front of us and that was like Game changer. This is in the eighties, man. So this is one of those moments, just like who is this pivotal yeah. sort of thing? Yep, that's when I'm like, oh my god, who the hell is this? He was, he was, spe- he was always special. Yeah. And then that was around the time of the first nationals. We all went down, and we all entered. Everyone from part of the Jedi crew came. Everyone, and I remember the Christchurch crew came out with Doige and uh, Trevor Pontine, and then you had the the Duds crew. Phil and Phil and all those cats. The daggers. The daggers, yeah. yep, they were all up there. I think old young Bo was like baby Bo then, man. It was far <laughs> hilarious. Um, yeah, man. yeah and like, then, I grew up in Dunedin watching those dudes. Yeah, they were, yeah. Phil Frost. Phil Frost, that's like right. Him. And what's tall, brother? He was a, a, a kind of a tall. Nigel. Oh, and Nigel, Nigel, that's Nigel Roberts and, 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 and Sean Duffel. Sean Duff. Who is still, to right. this day, better than everyone. Oh, yeah, like, he's always known. Like, hey, badass Ollie, like, super boned, balanced. Every, like, his, Christ, his Ollie's have to be seen to be believed. <laughs> yeah, they're all good, eh? Yeah, and oh, yeah. Phil Frost, the gnarliest mm. like. Mm. Uh, yeah, I had, a, I, I had a good connection with them because mm. they loved to bomb hills like crazy, and I was like... Shit, Dunedin's got scary hills too. <laughs> it's like, you know, so. But yeah, around about that time, we all went down to the Nationals at 89.90, and Shay won it. But Shay was from the Hawks Bay. Shay was from Homoana, which is a beach town with barely streets. Right. <laughs> barely streets, man. Right. And he was like, what the hell? And, and then, so he turned up to the flexor bowl and turned it upside down. But he was good at that, and he, you know, he was. He, he was always a standout. Even now, he's the same age as me. I think he's a couple of months younger than me. So he's 46. And the fucker still rips hard. Red. And See. that same beautiful flow, which, especially on a mini ramp, you're like, mm. God damn, boy! And he's still running deaf, I think, this board company. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's, he's running deaf. Yeah, deaf skates. Sweet. That's so, awesome. Um, did you sort of bail out from the Hawks Bay to Wellington sort of thing? Yeah, so back then, I thought, well, you know, it was all about skateboarding, and, uh, and we lived in the Hawke's Bay, so surfing came right along with it, mm. and music, so around the same time with skateboarding, so the cool thing about skateboarding is that really connected me with music, because I remember I bought my, when I bought my first Thrasher magazine, the one with Robert Williams on the cover and that, that stuff, and Robert Williams, the artist from um, who did the uh, Appetite for Destruction oh, and all yeah. that stuff. So that's a, that was my very first Thrasher magazine. And I remember looking through it and at the back. The Thrasher magazine always had the best like band. What what's up? Yeah. Who's the dope? And it was just like I, I religiously collected them. I bought them to see who were the latest bands. And for me, that's how it really started on the the punk metal music skateboarding surfing thing for me it all mm. all combined all, all became one beautiful thing that I had to have I couldn't you know like I needed to have music because I needed a soundtrack for when I was skating mm. same thing and I needed to surf because it, it, it was the more soulful side of, and the skating was all out just go hard and aggressive and you know that was 
that was the magic the magic too and then it was around about that time in the early 90s like 91 or something i remember just seeing a snowboard video just random snowboard video and then i was like oh my god those dudes just actually snow surfing you know and we didn't even know what to call it then i didn't mm. even know what it was it's like well because at first my brother was like oh man yeah they're set on surfboards and i'm like no nah, they're in the middle it's not like you know they, were, they weren't like on a surfboard and they were strapped in and i remember like one day one day but i you know my we lived in <coughs> flex excuse me um we lived in flaxmere low socioeconomic state with big family we're you know polynesian we could not afford i didn't you know i'd never even seen snow yeah and I, I you know we couldn't afford to do snow trips and that but then as i got a bit older and like moved out of home i had a couple of friends that, oh yeah we go snowboard we go skiing i've been doing it all my life and i was like man one day i'd love to check out the snow he goes oh we'll take you up to um Ruapehu sometime do fuck a papa i was like keen and that was 94 was the first time I actually got to go snowboarding. So. Well, no, got to go skiing first because we went to the snow. We went in to try and hire boards and there was nowhere to hire boards. We'd go, you know, all the high So it was all just skis. Yeah, it was all just skis and there was only one place. Like, oh, no, you've got to go into National Park. And we're like, so we went into National Park and he's, oh, no, we've, we've hired now two boards out. I'm like, is that all? <laughs> and then, and then I th- so I think it must have been either later on in that year where they we went but we were like uh first time up there i was skiing had two other friends two friends that we knew and one of them was a skater that i knew and he was a dion oh, i forgot his name but man he's doing front side nose bones on this he had a son snowboard and that stuff and he's doing front side nose bones on this hip and i had skis and i was like oh man i want to do that yeah you know and i remember going down the chairlift and i got to the chairlift and we saw this lifting carving it up all the way down and this is like when there was only like i think there's only like three snowboarders on the mountain that mm. i saw a fucker pop and everyone was just skiing so were just, most people sort of riding two row instead sort of thing or? um well there's just it was just early days oh. it was just there was just barely anyone yeah it must be yeah 94 yeah 93 94 so. <clears throat> it was just like only those who had them, and those was just rare, yeah. especially up there. And but yeah, we only did fuck a pop the first couple of first two years, and then the year, then a couple of years like '96. That's when I bumped into people like Fozzy or Justin, Justin Smith. Oh, yeah, Foz. man, I heard stories about that dude. Yeah, he was sick, man. He was doing Misty's wait he was doing misty fires back then it was just like wow dude mm. which is you know misty like a mctwist ford go mctwist and so like yeah i was like dude that is that, that's the shit and i remember the one time riding with him i just was hyped there it's just like man get it going and got out there and i got worked man i remember almost like breaking my back just going you can't fuck down snowboarding is gnarly excuse me but yeah yeah, so yeah, man, snowboarding for the first time, fuck papa. We had already skied, and then we went up the next time around. We got snowboards, and I was with my friend Michael McCauley, Nathan Williams, and Mike has been skiing all his life. He's like, nah, fuck Happy Valley. We're going to go up, and we're going to do a couple of bit more steeper ones, but you get a bit more feel. And we went to some 
one chairlift and it was just pretty much us by ourselves slushy and it was it was like November I think it was like crazy it was like like a six metre base I remember it was like crazy record at the time six metre base November the 20th or something holy shit yeah it was like what the hell North Island and we were shrouping man sick yeah we like, went all day couldn't walk the next day but that was that's how you do it sick man <laughs> and were you um, based out of Wellington at this time sort of um, well when I first went, went up we were living in we were living uh, Napier we were living in Napier and that was like in our 1920s and then my 21st year so like 95 moved to moved to Wellington so I moved to Wellington for the music and to skate the hill, skate you know was was that to play in bands or was there a music yep. school sort of thing yeah no no we, it was all about bands because right about that time same time when you know like far out was 13 14 and all that stuff music was it already taken over mm. And then by the time I was 15, 16, we were in a, we were in a band called The Naked Milkman. <laughs> yeah, man, and we were slaying. And like, at that time... What, what sort of music was The Naked Milkman? <clears throat> so The Naked Milkman, we basically played all our influences. And, and at that time, in the Hawke's Bay, bands only played Led Zeppelin or ACDC. Yeah. Or Iron Maiden. Yeah. And at the time, I kind of detested all three of them because of how, how you know... But then... Now I've got a massive appreciation and love for them because mm. I'm growing up. But yeah, back then it was like, man, I, I couldn't stand any of that shit. And it was all about, for me, it was like Red Hot Chili Peppers, Fishbone. Oh, sick. Uh, Fishbone. Know, yeah, and, and Special, Slayer. Or it was just anything that wasn't mainstream or anything that was, that, you know. Back then I was talking to a friend about it, you know, like the difference of music how it's changed through the years and where nowadays do children or do kids have the same connection that it, that we did with music do that you know because you know having back in the day you had to hunt for music yeah and it took ages to get music you had to order it with some you know white labels took six months to get back yeah and now it's just instant oh spotify or you know and it's it, i don't know if they had the same kind of passion that like you had to have when I remember ordering stuff and you know like like ordering tapes from yes, records in Dunedin and just like each week oh, is it you know is it you know six weeks later oh yeah your, your tapes arrived getting like the sideways glance hell well, yeah like, who the fuck's this guy with tape yeah yeah <laughs> hell yeah man tapes mate so yeah it's a different thing these days um, everyone's streaming I don't know yeah, yeah, I'm not really, I'm not big on a streamer because I'm a music maker and I mm. produce music and I like, you know, I support, I like buying it and that shit. But there are pros and cons with Spotify and all that shit. It's, it's good recommendations. They put you, they get you out there, but they just don't pay enough, you know, it's a fucking yeah, rip so off. Still, Someone's still making not. a lot of money from this premium pack and it ain't the artist. <laughs> so, so they still buy the, buy the albums, go to them. Go to the gigs, yeah, merch, yeah. That's the way to do it, you know. And like now with our, with with Shapeshifter, with my band, so we we at least get allow them to have great downloads, you know, a high quality download and all that shit. Because that's the thing now; no one really carries CDs or tapes. Yeah, it's you know we're like 
without growing both of those. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Remember, remember when CDs were a thing? Dude, like, I've, I've got a Crater 300. <laughs> yeah, CDs of course there you do. I now, I now wish were vinyl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bro. And the funny yeah. thing is, even even CDs decay. You know, like mm. they're, they're finding that out with all the information that they put on a lot of these older CDs. They're like, oh shit, mm. the quality of CDs are not not going to last forever. Well, it's plastic, mm. isn't it? So. I mean, it's rare, like, when you get vinyl, especially the sub-pop stuff, comes with, like, a download code, like, oh, yes. cool, yeah, covering yeah. their bases. Oh, yeah, that's the way to do it. Um, so, yeah, man, that, that's how, how do we even get there? Sweet. Okay. So, like, from the Naked Milkman, was it the Naked Milkman? Yeah. For the, so, was it from the Naked, so the first I heard of, like, your bands was Police Lucifer. Oh, yeah, that um, was the third which one down. It's the sickest fucking name still to this day. <laughs> yeah, hard. Um, and there was one of those ones, I think, we're just cruising around in my car, and my, the only Wellington dude I knew was Dean Hunt. So yeah. it must have been him. Yeah, it would have been him. And Hunt just with what was playing on the mixtape, which was like Bad Brains, Deftones, yeah. Slayer, etc. Yeah. He's like, oh man, you guys would like this Police Lucifer band in Wellington. Like, sick name, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that sounds about right. Sick. Like, fuck. I mean, I don't even know where to start with that. Like, yeah, well, that came about. So that was my. So what happened in the Hawks Bay? Going back to like, yeah. So that, going back to the Hawks Bay thing, our band, they could milkman basically played a lot of the influences, like all those bands we were just talking about. And that's when we fell in love with playing and performing, and you know we got really good, and we actually won a couple of battles of bands. But this was like before. Rock Quest, Rock had even started around about, you know, we were like at high school playing it in pubs, playing out of pubs and that stuff. So we're having these big, like legendary parties in the Hawks Bay where it would be like gold coin koha or a a vessel, whatever you, and that's your entry to come in. And we'd have like 450 kids (laughs) and us playing live, a little PA just cranking it and that shit. So. We, we already fell in love with performing and, and, and the band thing was just like, shit, yeah, that's how we have a party. Yeah. You know, we just... And it was like, you know, what we had watched in, on in magazines and read in magazine of magazines, you know, home home parties, like punk skate park, just skate rock, I loved that shit. That total was, DIY. Yeah, do it yourself. And, that's, and plus, we were kids, so you couldn't really pay pumps, but we were lucky enough that my friend Jacob Bradley... He hooked us up with the Cabana and, and Napier, so we'd go out there and play there. And then, yeah, then we ended up splitting up because Crete, Crete Tommy Jones, bass guitarist at the time, he moved from Hawke's Bay to Christchurch. And then we moved on and we had a double bass band. Oh, after that, we had a double bass band called the Softcock Giraffes. <laughs> Self-culture, that's right. That's right. Double bass is in two, two bass, bass guitarists. Yeah, one would play open clean with other would play distortion. They have all the effects and drums and soft cock giraffe. It's the soft cock giraffe. <laughs> and I'm not too sure how that one came came about. I think it was me or something they read on so I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> but we were, we were like you know a mixture of. The same thing, Primus, oh, um, you know, Roland's band. We're influenced heavily by Prong, and and so it was a bit more rhythmical, slow, and that stuff, and heavier. But um, yeah, we were, we were massively influenced by Fugazi. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. So heaps of all that stuff. So, and that was around about the time um, it ended up splitting up. So we, I moved to Wellington, and when we moved to Wellington, that's when we started um, a new band. So my friend Crete and I, who was always my music uh, uh, right hand man, we'd always we did music together since the beginning. We were always like shit here. Yeah, we'll fucking rock and roll this shit all the way, and. Um, at that time we moved to Wellington my best one of my dear friends Dale Preston was the singer from this another amazing band from Hawke's Bay that moved to Wellington called Premature Autopsy another <laughs> sick as fuck mate yeah dude Premature Autopsy and holy they were, shit yeah they were epic man they were like they were the <laughs> best one of the best bands in, in Napier because they were just like they're older dudes but they're like sick as guitarists sick as bass and Tyrone McCarthy was playing bass for them and he also joined us in the Softcock Giraffes become one of our bass guitarists and um so these are all like legendary musos from the Hawks Bay that couldn't like you know we got to the point where we were too big for for Napier so we had to move, we all moved to Wellington which was the next progression for me plus because plus I already loved Wellington because in the early 90s we had I went down there lots of the nationals and and skated at the um, uh, the two nationals uh, eighty nine and ninety at McLean Park and then ninety one and ninety two when it was at at uh, skate pit at the, at the skate pit and wanted to do you ever skate skate pit no holy no, shit I've not skated Wellington all right yeah so there's an indoor train warehouse it was huge as heck it was like. 250 metres long. It was crazy. It was, it was a, had like spine ramps, vert ramp, one of the baddest vert ramps ever. That's where I first met Dean Hunt. Well, around, well, probably, well, no, I didn't actually meet him at Panaparoma uh, and Pram because he was the king of Pram back in right. the day. He was the king of the sickest inverts. And like, yeah, he was, he had sick style, real grand length of tails, good Madonnas, like a, proper kick out Madonna's city I watched him in morning this is way later like 99 2000 mm. and uh and Tolgonia 2 I think it is he pivot to pivot fake, fake he, is and, dangling over in eh? Mornington in Mornington <laughs> yeah. and that over dangling park. over yeah it's like <laughs> fucking hell he fucked that bowl up dude yeah well he was one of those ones but yeah man he had such a good like he was one of those ones he had his tricks dialed and the pivot fakey was his track like him mm. another one with Junior Penny Junior Penny from Palmerston North part of the Jedi crew that dude had a sick pivot fake you like get pivot and almost bring it hanging over the ramp and then bring it back all the way Fucking I was like was, dude was um, Andrew Harder kicking around this time oh, yes yes yeah, yep yep that was in the uh, that was in, oh, a little bit later a little bit later in the night that, yeah I, I met him oh around the police Lucifer days actually right and he was he was young, real skinny, real fiery fucker, and I was fiery too. Then I remember this one time, we kind of had a moment of like uh, staring each other out. Oh, really? It was funny. It was like, was funny. Yeah. And I was like, hey, "You little motherfucker!" And he was like, "And then afterwards, we ended up going to the skate park. And I'm like, oh, hey, 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 chat. And then you know, it was all settled at the skate park, sweet ass. But yeah. Fuck, he was like gnarly, right? Like, like a mm. cross between Andy Roy and Lenny Kirk. Yeah, yeah, hard, hard. He had some real cool tricks too. Switch, he was doing switch trays. I remember switch trays and when switch, switch like, what like hard flips at the time were like, like how's that fucking? I don't know what nationals, and I only heard oh, about the indoor it. at the at the and yeah, he fucking at markets 
fucked his shoulder Benny Hunter-ing yeah the, the car the car yeah, 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 and then yeah. fucking gets back up with like a dislocated elbow or shoulder <laughs> or some shit and then fucking switch trays into the bank yeah that, I know like, that was, yeah that was like, yeah, it's fucking hell, dude. Yeah, it's on fire. <laughs> it was, so yeah, it's definitely firing. That, those so like man, those times were, were incredible. So mm. yeah, that was like that was a yeah, that was a little bit after. So this time when I was when I moved to Welly was in the mid nineties, and it was all for music. And that's around that time I got introduced to Billy Chamberlain, aka Otis Mephisto Jones, and he. Was a gnarly motherfucker. Really? <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. He's from Dunedin, so he turns up. Uh, Otis, you know, Otis... Otis um, I know, he was a drummer from... Yeah, yeah, he was a drummer from Police Lucifer. So, well, yeah, so we're in Wellington. We decided, Matt, we got the players. We just need to get a bad boy drummer. We like myself, Crete, Aaron Davies on guitar. And... Uh, and... Uh, we needed to find a drummer and then I was hanging out it was, it was it was a hotbed of like youth talent ego and metal some awesome music was going coming around at the around that you know, 95 96 Grunge was in it's fucking all the new shit was coming out it was pretty incredible down in Wellington it was an amazing time to be alive and and living down there and I was working making coffee at the Fidel's then and I remember seeing this scrawny he was real fucking scrawny at that time and I remember seeing him skate past and he had a quite funky style about him and then uh, I was like man who's that dude and like he casually backsmithed this chair outside Thistle Hall Thistle Hall the old this old punk rock venue and there was a chair bench that was always out there. I loved, I loved board sliding and, mm. and you know, I, I casually on my way to down Cuba Street, I'd board slide it. And I just seen it, seen it one day, just like bop, bop, and back, backside smiffed it. Fucking hell! And I was like, that's so sick. That's why I went. Well, that that is actually not normal. That's not a that's not a casual track. Mm. But he casually cruised on down, and I remember like, all right. And then I met their mother friend Ben. Was like, oh man, you got to meet this dude Otis. Man, he's like in the real six can wicked drummer. I was like, oh, I'm looking for a drummer. <laughs> and then met other other team. Oh man, he skated he skate hard, dicks. Because they you know at that time I was skating quite full on. It was my second winds kind of 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 uh, a kind of after the vert days and of the late. 80s to early 90s I had a couple of years of kind of music took over for a while yeah. and then then, I, then once we're back in Wellington Bombard Hills skating is on and skating Schaefer's Park you know with, with the killer crew down in Wally it was like you know it was sick 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 dudes like Carl Percival and Oh, he was yeah. fucking gnarly, yeah. All the Gregoros, Ivan and Ants Gregoroff and my dogs, so those mm. who I skated with, and well, we'd all meet down at Schaefer's and hang out. And, like, and Chris Wood would have been kicking around there too, right? Yes, yeah, uh-huh. Chris Wood, yeah, yeah, he was a couple of years younger, but yeah, he was ripping, mm. always ripping. He had a different posse and that stuff. But yeah, around that time, I remember like, um, skating hard, and then this one day down at Pigeon Park, I started chatting with... Dude, Otis, and he's like, oh, man, but, you know. he grabs my skateboard and just does an ollie in front of me, and it's like, like a metre high, straight away. Okay, yeah. I was just like, what the hell? <laughs> they did a kickflip at the same height, and I was like, holy shit, dude. 
you skate real good. And he's like, man, you should come up to my house. And, goes, and it was, you know, because we were just like, any, anyone looking different and funky at that time, we hung out. Yeah. We got, we just like, choice. What up, man? We were like, it was kind of like, you know, like the skateboarders weren't cool back then. No, nah, fuck no. Yeah. Fuck no. Chicks barely, well, luckily we went ugly. Chicks are still <laughs> cool. But, you know, but, you know um, it was one of those ones like, he goes, come back to my house, man. I've got, got the drums set up and I'll fucking play some drums. And it's like, wicked. And here I was like, man, I wonder what kind of drums this dude's going to have. And I get up there and he's got this like, fuck, it's so classic. I just mean, it's like, shitty little drum. He's got this, Shitty like it almost looked like oh it wasn't too dung but it was just real basic, you know, it had one like tom, one floor tom, uh and hi hat, two cymbals, and it was um and he sits down, he starts playing and he plays open handed. Alright. And he was like because we instantly started talking about, Oh man, I love that new thing and bad brains, because he he's like, Whoa, 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 whoa. I love that shit too. I love that shit. Too. Orange yeah. nine millimeter. Man, I love them too. You know, we're mm. that kind of shit. And then um, we went back, and just gets down on the gets on the drums and got that, got that, got that, got that. It was just like I was just like, what the hell? You drum as good as you skate, you fuck. Oh, it's one of those. One of those man. fuckers. Yeah. I don't mind yeah. my language, but I was just like, God. looks like we're gonna be jamming, boy. <laughs> I, was, I was like, <laughs> but yeah. And then I went, told Otis, I went, bro, you got to meet this homeboy. We come around to his house. We come around and take our shit. And I was, cause I was telling him because he was trying to recruit me. Because he was like, oh, I'm looking for a singer. All right. And I was like, no, 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 I'm looking for a drummer. <laughs> and he was like, oh, I've got this other band. I've got this, got this real good bass guitarist, Sage. I was like, oh, good, this really good bass guitarist. His name's Creep, Army Jones. Got a guitarist. We already played in the band and played some dope shit. We want to play original shit only. And he was like, I like it. Sick. I was like, yeah, man. And then, and he was, yeah, he he was one of those ones, like, he's spectacular, man. Like, wherever we played, people always remember how, like, holy shit, your drummer was amazing. I was like, yeah. He's one of those dudes, like, yeah. Sick. That's why we got him in there, because he was just... He could single-handedly keep your attention just by him drumming because he just had he had the feels, the chops, and he looked cool when he was doing it. Was he like a classically trained musician nah, or something? No, no, no. He just was. He's just um, wasn't classically trained, but he's just good at everything. Like yeah. he's really good at guitar too and drum, and bass. I was like, oh, thank fuck, you can't sing, man. <laughs> a terrible voice. Uh, many of our listeners are, I think, uh, out there, uh, Police Lucifer, there has been some videos uploaded on YouTube. I think Otis yeah. himself actually uploaded some. Yes, he did, actually. curious to check it out. It's yeah, total, okay. total 90s metal steezer. Yeah, man, it's pretty, pretty fresh. Of, um, yeah, well, it's a mix. It's kind of like metal, metal rap before it was kind of like known. Yeah, like kind of what we did, and so, so, but yeah, it was um, um, yeah, it went, it, it, it blossomed, and we we just, and because we were all like funky, the funky dudes about town at that time, we got all sorts of real good gigs. Like we, one of the first, uh, I think the first band to play in Hole in the Wall, this other club was Shopping, 
and yeah yeah and like and the thing is like because otis was sick skater and then we would always play at the nationals so that all the skaters we appealed with the skaters because we were skaters you know yeah. and one of the nationals we had shit must have been 90, 96 nationals something like that we our band police first we played and um it was fucking sick man because otis was like <laughs> otis didn't enter but he was like in the demo warm-ups he was like one of the gnarliest dudes just doing crazy shit like big back mount big back ones big back ones over the whole bloody fun box and it was huge to flat like five foot past the whole damn thing holy shit seven to eight foot in the air <laughs> we're just like what are you doing man and then he'll come back and we'll play with us and then he didn't bother entering and everyone's like oh man you should probably enter but he was like nah he was real funny like that he's just like you know like it's just stupidly good but just like only if you wanted to yeah cla- almost the kiwi trait was that one isn't it yeah yeah totally. just doing it for himself sort of thing yeah man he was a bloody freak I was just seeing if I have uh a little sample of, oh, no, I don't answer if I did it would be oh yeah there you go this is the first is this the police Lisa then? yeah 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 AD Oh shit, this guy. Oh dude, that's so sick. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I mean it's total nineties. Yeah, that's right there, yeah, right? that's ninety four. Ninety five. So ninety five and it was like the it's called Land of the Long White Lie. Ah oh, sweet. So I think my favourite one's one called Residue. Oh yeah, Residue. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I always loved playing that one. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. So you're milling around Wellington for a while. How did um, Seasons in Queenstown come about? Oh, yeah. So, like, at that time, 96, 97, it was police all the way, 97, 98, we started doing more gigs, uh, playing up in Auckland, and we went up to Auckland, and bloody Otis at the time uh, ended up going to Auckland, and making some friends up there and then they were like oh why don't you, why don't you hang at our place and then out of nowhere he decides to just move and live in Auckland and we're like hey when are you coming back he's like oh I've moved up and we're like oh what the hell bro we're a band man yeah. and back in those days when you're early 20s you um, you lived in the same fucking town mm. and you kind of like you know you're a band you kind of had to you're poor as shit sometimes you're sleeping on couches mm. barely pay your rent mm. but you can make sure you, you, you always make sure you have enough money to get weed yeah it's funny like our priorities man gosh yeah. but uh, you know um, but yeah and, and that he decided to stay up there so we were like oh what the hell and then he was like man there's more opportunity bro come up and we are like ah oh, you know We'd, my first move was Napier to Wellington. I didn't want to move. And then we all decided, okay, let, we can do it. Let's do it. We moved out to Auckland. 
and it was really cool. Shit was all good. And then he is like, I'm going to move back to Wellington. <laughs> and we're like, what the fuck? He goes, yeah, I'm probably, uh, I'm going to leave the band. And we're like, oh man, I want to beat you up. <laughs> I even told him that, man, I shit, I want to beat you up, dude. I don't, I don't want to talk to you anymore. But then, um, we kind of sorted it out. He, he left, but he, you know, he ended up leaving. So it was funny because we went from real tight living in each other's pockets for so long to being separated. And it was 98, 99. Yeah, the like, January of 99. And I was in Auckland and he left, basically left Wellington and we were like, wow. And I was like, bummed because I was like, oh, fuck man I committed so much to this this band I don't know what to do and then my bro was like Johnny Jonathan King was living and Jonathan King and Jacob Bradley were living in Queenstown at the time and they're like bro just come down to winter and hang out with us go snowboarding and it was like fuck it that's what I'm doing I'm going to sort all my shit out and then I'm buying you snowboard and I'm going to take all my shit and a backpack and I'm just going to go down and go backpacking for a while and that's when I and it was uh, August the 21st, 1999, I went into the airport, uh, August the 20th, 1999, I went into the airport, this is how, this is how fucking crazy it was back in the day then, I went into the mail place to where, the, where they deliver the mail, I went, mm. hi, because I got told you can get free flight, if not, it's 20 bucks. 20 or 30 bucks to fly or was it 50 something like that to fly in the mail truck in the mail truck down to fucking Christchurch and then my friend would drive us from Christchurch down to Queenstown and I went in there and I had to wait most of the bloody day and then the last flight down um, he goes oh yeah you you can jump in with the mail and it was like it's just an so, old cargo plane and shit. And then we're like, I put my puffy in. He's oh, it's going to be pretty cold. So I've got all my snowboarding gear, man. So I put all my like snowboard pants on, boots, a puffy jacket, and my goggles, head, headphones on, and just sat in the back with the mail while the dude drip flew this plane. It was, you know, great. <laughs> right. This is the winter too. It was fucking cold. Holy shit. You were actually like, wow. Yeah, this, that was before <laughs> security went fucking bonkers and all that shit. <laughs> And so yeah, you could you could do that. I even I was like, Are you sure you can do that? Shit, that fucking sounds crazy. But my friend was like, No, no, it's all it's legit. Sure enough, fifty bucks. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and then I flew down to Christchurch. Get to Christchurch, it's midnight. And the reason why I know the day, the twentieth August, because the twenty first of August is my birthday. And I was fucking yeah, decided, let's do this. So I flew down. On there, get to, and I was meant to meet my friend uh, there, and he would just wait during the day. And I was back then, didn't have a cell phone to text him, so I was gonna just, yeah, they didn't have cell phones. That's, yeah, <laughs> I think I did, but yes. I, yeah, oh, oh, fuck, it's a different world then, no way. Yeah, that's right. Because like, how the hell would be 99? I didn't even have an email address, yeah, yeah, <laughs> bro, neither, yeah, neither, yeah, yeah, and then so, like. Uh, my, my mate who was going to meet me there, he's the one who gave who, who, who helped me get a new email that literally the next week when I moved to Queenstown. So uh, he was waiting for me at the airport. He waited till midnight. I land at midnight, and we get this get this plane comes down, lands, and it's it's like 
it's a mail plane like with delivering the mail it doesn't even land at the main airport it lands at this other kind of little bunker thing and he goes oh there you go there's the main road over there and I was like oh holy shit I don't even know where the hell I am so I just thought I luckily I looked down this road and I saw this car park there and I walked towards the car park where there was some lights there and I just saw this lot, these lights leaving and went oh shit I was like maybe I'll try and hit the dude if I can get in a lift or call up and then as I was walking out the car goes past luckily enough that's my mate he sees me turns around comes around and goes Polder and I was like oh hey because back then I was called Polder well that's yeah. my actual birth name was Polder yeah. Daniel Arpeter so my friends called me by my actual name then and then um, I'm like oh my god bro he picks us, pick, picks me up I jump inside chuck the board and everything I was telling him man it was a crazy flight I was in the mate with the mail. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, you crazy dude!" And then we're like, "Oh, happy birthday!" And I was like, so we smoked a joint, had a had a, I had a beer, and then we drove from midnight all the way through to Queenstown. And as shit, this is a bit of a yeah, it's a big mission. Like yeah. Six, we got it like six thirty in the morning. Yeah. So we're driving, and Michael's we oh Kerry was in it. Kerry and Kerry Peck. And Michael McCauley were in there in this Holden Kingswood. We jump in there. We're driving down. Mike falls asleep. He's real tired. Kerry jumps to the front. So I'm driving. We're coming through the gorge, Kawado Gorge, and it's fuck starts pissing down. And then it starts like we're and we knew. And then it started sleeting. Then it started like kind of snowing as we were driving in. And I was like. I was bugging out going, oh my fucking God, this is crazy shit. And then our window wiper breaks. And we're like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, so like, as we're driving, I was like, bro, grab the wheel. And I put my, I put my jacket on. And, well, he grabs the wheel and I put my glove on. And then I like, while we're driving, I was like, grab the wheel and I wind the window down. And would manually slide just, and then drive and drive and drive and drive and then open the window. And, and it was like, because we didn't, I didn't want to stop because it was like, it was spooky, man. We didn't yeah. know where we were. It was the first in the deep south and the gorge. We knew that it was just like, holy shit, we must be close. <laughs> and then we finally came out by Frankton and then like uh, we're driving in and the sun's kind of coming up as well. And we're like, oh, man. We pulled up and my bro, at my bro Jacob Bradley's house, he's like, come in, boys. I've made some, some bacon and eggs. And we... He's like, happy birthday, Polder. He goes, snowed on your birthday. Remarks is closed. They had 70 centimetres. And he was peeking out. He's like, Remarks is about 70 centimetres. He's like, well, we need to sleep a bit. So we crashed out to about lunchtime. He goes, crash out. Everything's closed. Only coronet peak is open. We'll do lunchtime uh, side of the road hits. Because it's no. so much fucking yeah. snow had dumped. It was like uh, all the way into town. Oh man! Yeah, nice. it, was, it was one of those ones. I was talking about you and straight how like when Coronet gets a snowfall to the valley floor. Yeah, yeah, that is one of the best places as a rider. Like it, it, oh, everything's yeah. on. Everything's on, especially when it's that all the way down. And Sirisu is like the baddest. Mm. Yeah, I've ridden to the bottom all the way down to the bottom, and only once that mm. was two thousand, two thousand and one, mm. when it was a meter dump everything shut down but yeah my friend had uh my friend carlos carl vincent had this like badass little four-wheel drive that had with with the rubber tire with uh snow tires we drove all the way up through this like 
mega deep snow up the road. I was like, I don't know if we should do this, bro. He's like, no, I bought these tyres especially for it. They're from <laughs> Japan. And he loved it. You know, we, sure enough, we got all the way up and then I bought it all the way down. And we are like, fuck, this one's in here. I was like, oh, damn it, there's other tracks. And we're like, who is that? We come around the corner, it's Glenn Leggett's and... Glenn Leggett and Glenn Howe. Oh, right. Yeah, man. And they were like, oh, beat us through there. They saw us coming through. They are like, oh, Paul. Like, well, no. no, no yeah, yeah, I met them. I was friends with them by then. Mm. They're like, be careful. There's a couple of fences you got to look out for down there. But we rode all the way down to the flat. Fucking out to the farm, farmer's land. Yeah, whatever. right to the farmer's land. Right down Holy to the bottom. Shit. It was unreal, man. And like, then it was a big hike because the snow started, was, you know, it was quite deep down the bottom. Yeah. It was like three foot on the, on the, on the flat in the valley. Oh, shit. Yeah, it was, it was a, like, and I remember like. And then bumping into like Glen Leggett of all people. Yeah, yeah. The gnarly Queenstown. I was like, of OG course you're out there. Grommets, yeah. Of course you're already out there. Yeah. And, like you think he hiked up half I think he hiked up from the, the bottom up yeah right <laughs> yeah, like, I, I can't wait to have him on there I've been hearing stories about him riding mopeds up fucking coronet and shit yeah man oh yeah shucks man <laughs> that boy yeah he was like man yeah I like yeah when I first moved to Queenstown yeah so what happened how's this for cool flew down on my 25th birthday went crashed out got up went did some side hits and Coronet Pete came back and I was like hit my bro Jacob I'm like where's the skate park and he goes bro it's real close because even when he got there he goes oh skate park's real close and it was like sick and at that time I was like so when I was in, in so the 90s when I was living in Auckland that was when I from 90s Wellington and Auckland was the skate snow skate snow shop days for me mm. when Matt Russell was a good buddy of mine who owned the Wellington skate snow shop and he would hook me up and that stuff and he he, he started tear machine so okay. that was down there another indoor skate park in wellington skate snow had probably the best ad i've ever seen in new zealand skateboarder of that dude ollie in the car flipping the camera off oh yeah yeah Mal's so yeah yeah, yeah Mal, like, dude front tail yeah not 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 for those that pose oh yeah that's right like, yeah that's like right. that's so sick oh like, mal stewart malsy yeah. malsy yeah. <laughs> good good little motherfucker that one mm. but yeah and then like um so that was those days and i i was just skating hard it was like kind of like you know you had a 20 the late 20s i just started well mid 20s around then i just got that second wind again and i was skating hard so by the time i came down here i was like like those 96, 97, 98 nationals, Christian Phillip, Zeb Beal, Matt Skazza, Matt Scarrett, and like I remember going to the nationals, skating down the hill with them, bowling down the hill in the morning to go to the nationals. Because I, I, you know, I just love going around the skate park. So I hung out with uh, Steve Somerville, who, who started Auckland um, uh, Skate Snow Shop. And so he sponsored all the bros, and we'd all skate parks in a bowl together, all have sessions together. And at that time, the boys were just firing, and that's when Christian, uh, it was all three, like, so Matt Scarrett won it, it was, uh, Christian Phillips second, Zebedee Beal third, or it might be Beal and Christian around the other way, but man I remember those things were on fire, and I just loved going to all the parks. And around that time, it was also. We went and got to see 
Alan Peterson skate Linfield because when I was living at Auckland, we were skating Linfield and like we just one time we just stumbled on when the first Big Brother came over. So Chet Childress, Alan Peterson, Ethan Fowler, Ethan Fowler, and bro, it was the gnarliest possible cards. Fucking cardio. Yeah, cards came out. It was the gnarliest. Oh my god! And it was like holy. On Julian Stranger. Stranger and Stranger was there as well. So hang on, you got to see cardio skate in the flesh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck me. Only for the only for the only for like they were leaving. When we got there, but then uh, Alan Peterson stayed and Chet Childress did. Con- and, but there was a couple of other dudes like the photographer. Who was doing the photography back then? And he was gnarly too. I don't know. Oh, it, was gnarly, it was real cool, gnarly crew, man. But so what was it that Alan Peterson? Alan Peterson did the biggest backside Ollie I've ever seen in the world to this day. Well, I haven't seen him in the flesh, but that, that, that was the English kid, Rudsvert. He's his uh, um, ollie's out there like you know the 8 foot mark mm. just bonkers large mm. like 2 foot overheads just like yeah. what the fuck and like he turns up Linfield Bowl and he's riding around and he rolls in the rolling and he's a goofy foot and it, so you've got a small section of the pool and this awesome little round little hips and we'd ollie I'd ollie from the, the big and grind the, the small side and I shit you not, man. He rolls in, calf, 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 around, calf, calf, and then comes out, and then rolls in like they're in a second time, and backside ollies from the small into the big. The big's like about seven, seven foot high, and his ollie is seven to eight foot high. It was just like, oh, ah, like effortless, man. And he was wearing jeans, slipped back here, black t-shirt, just plain as and like because all the others were. Or if they all had their own style. He was, him and Ethan Fowler were like smooth-looking dudes. Mm. And but I tell you, who was a gnarly surprise seeing it in the flesh was Chet Childress. Was like he was. Oh really? It was incredible, mm. incredible. But Alan Peterson ollied over his Les Twist. Like he rolls into the bowl, does a like a cab melon. So like yeah, like a Les Twist is a. Mm. Fakey 360 with a melon grab. And Chet Childress is doing Yeah, that. Chet Childress in the deep end of the pool. And it's big, man. It's like chest height. Mm. While Alan Peterson's doing a backside ollie over it. Fucking hell. Yeah, and that, that's what, and it was... Not Chet Childress. Not Chet Childress. I mean, Alan Peterson's a big dude, man. Mm. And his ollies were just like... And, and he could, like... There's, there's a section, I think, on, on... I'm not sure what video, but he skates vert... Just incredible, incredible. One of the consolidated. Yeah, yeah. And it's in New that. Zealand. It's in New oh, Zealand, right. and he and he gets on this ramp, and he does this ollie to fakie, a switch ollie to fakie, with a bone in it, like a. So he goes must have been switch ollie with a, and he grabs mute, but bones it like like a, he's doing an ollie nose bone to fakie, a front side nose bone to fakie, or and and. It, it, yeah, he is so gnarly, and that's mm. why when I first got to see him in the flesh, same thing with Ethan Fowler could do anything. But yeah. we're lucky enough to see a couple of grinds and massive boosty front side tweaker by Cards himself, like over Damn. the hip. Like, yeah. Um, but, I mean, John Cardiel, like, I mean, oh, humbling. That, that dude's a whole fucking yeah, thing in and itself. just the tweak, the tweak, they're like. <laughs> 
I was gutting myself because we didn't get there earlier. It was meant to get there earlier. But I don't know, I was schmoozing around having spots or something. Like, oh, I turned out the bowl late. But yeah, that bowl there, Limpsfield Bowl Sessions. And, and and another dude that turned up randomly that I thought was, who's one of my favourite skaters of all time, was Pat Duffy. Oh, yeah. yeah bro. Seen the Terminator. Him. Yeah, bro. Oh, mm. my God. He turns up at Victoria Park one day and just flies in. Oh, he's there with the whole thing. Bah, bah, bah. We're like, oh. Oh, it's bad, Duffy. Questionable. Yeah, but questionable. Backsmith in the rain. Backsmith in the rain. Everything in the rain. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Any of our, any any listeners here need to go and watch Pat Duffy's Questionable on YouTube and John Cardiel's Epically Lated. Absolutely. See some real shit. Oh, that's real. Oh, Epically Lated. Oh, watch it again tonight now. Yeah. That's uh, that's some heavy, heavy shit with that one. Yeah, and also his, also all that stuff in the first, the anti-hero, the cow one. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Power. Yeah. Sick. I mean, Power. that was... Yeah I, yeah, I I have no words for that. That was... Chris yeah. Hunter gave me a copy of that. It was like, you need to watch this. This uh, is yeah. what skateboarding That's right. is. And that's the one where you see uh, Don's go down hard on the... On the, on the first time the Hollywood... On the Hollywood... On the washing gear, yeah, yeah. car wash. And how about the back three? Old, see that dude, what's his name? Doing the back three into it? Oh, uh, What's his name? Oh, is he a South American dude? No, 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 no. That was the other one. That's uh, Milton. That's Milton yeah. Kickty. It was his other one. What was his name? Oh, shucks. He rides with um, Zion I, Wright. I've seen it. And, um, so it's like, what well, his goofy suit does the alley uh, back to 270. So there's got to be only a handful of people who have ever stepped to that fucking thing, eh? Like, How the fuck do you... Like... <laughs> Stepping up to it, yeah, but like, yeah, walk back down, climb back down. I love it how Cards did the front bone straight into it, mm. made it look effortless. And then, and then one of the greatest of all time, Gons, just got caught on that wheel bike, straight yeah. face planted. That Loses face, oh, yeah, that's yeah. up there with the, um, what is it? Who's it? Jamie Thomas face grind. His face yeah. grind was a uh, beauty. And welcome to hell. Welcome to hell. First legit skate video I ever seen was oh, Welcome to Hell. Well, that's a bloody mm. legit one. To... <laughs> um, so anyway, we're um, oh, yeah. tangent a bit, but that's Beautiful. fucking rad because skateboarding's the best thing ever. Absolutely, man. Um, so uh, Queenstown, did you sort of show up there and not leave? Were you living there yeah. year round, sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. So that was so what happened. So no, got there twenty fifth birthday. I was 25, 1999, August 21st, went snowboarding, went to the skate park, bombed down the hill to the skate park, go to the skate park. That's one thing I know, what I like about what's, you know, back in the days, that's where you met mm. at the skate park. You went down, after you snowboarded, you went to the skate park. Yeah. And, and snowboarders always, snowboarding and skateboarding goes hand in hand. And you always like, snowboarders always like, um, yeah, there were a few that were quite good skateboarders. Mm. But um, there was there was always a good posse down there. And I turned up there, and I was on, I was in, I was in grind mode at that time. So mm. I was like into flying and shit. So that park was that that ramp was just beautiful, man. Mm. And I was just grinding, sliding away, and then uh, Trevor Ponting, Quentin Robbins, and all that turned up. And I remember going, "Hey, shit, I know those boys from the Nationals." And it was one of those classic ones. TP drops in. Beautiful backside disaster, perfect textbook, fucking textbook is perfect. And I was like, and back in those days, I would, that's how I rated and judged people, <laughs> judged yeah. skaters on the backside, on your backside D, how good's your backside disaster. If it's a proper, late popper, you know, I love mm. those ones. And, and Trevor was like shredding. 
So we're down at the skate park and this, it was like epic, man. There was a couple of, one real gnarly Japanese dude. Like he was a pro skater mm. and he was doing some sick alley-oops and that shit in and out of the bowl. And then Jay Nelson, Nelson turned up his way as well. This Canadian, uh, oh no, he's American. Colorado dude. Eh? Colorado yeah. dude on, on, he's not, he, was a, he turned out to be as a pro uh snowmobiler at that time right and he was a weapon on a skateboard yeah, yeah it was gnarly because he was um, pro back when Rankwit made Lamar cool and shit yeah yeah, 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 so, right. yeah, yeah. You, you, that's that's yeah and, so, um, well, it was gnarly so that's yeah that's uh, that that time but then after that session the next day I went out to Remarkables for the very first time and for me that's it was the complete like of the holy trinity skateboarding snowboarding and surfing around that time I'd like finally decided to unfortunately leave the music side and go come back to you know I was like right I'm going to commit to my snowboarding and my skating that's the true shit for me that you know I don't have to worry about anyone else committing it's just me and my craft mm. so I came down there and then went went to Remarkables and I was like oh shit and I was like sure, going up sugar lift and I went oh there's the park there and looking down I saw this rail I was like yeah man I'm going to hit that rail we'll go up to right up to it and I'm going to hit the rail and it was all wonky like they had um, the groomer had gone in but had knocked the thing over and because it was remarkable so it was hard as shit by the time and crusty so I just I looked up to it and I was like oh, oh what, the, what the fuck so I went over grabbed a shovel and I dug it out and I moved it back over and I placed it down and I started stomping it because at that time I thought I was being naughty because mm. you know like it wasn't good enough to ride, man. I wanted to make it rideable, so I was mm. like, shit, you're getting fixed up. So I put it up, stomping it down, and then I heard this voice over because the chairlift was right over us. And then I heard this voice of Lance Watson going, hey, bye. And look up there, he goes, oh, hey, you're, you're Raph's friend, eh? And I was like, uh, it's a Raph Chambers, Raphael yeah. Chambers. And uh, who the fucking dog, one of the boys. And so um, he was like, because we were skating at the same time down there. Mm. And uh, so he's like, you want to rest, mate? And I was like, yeah, bro. I was like, oh, I hope you don't mind. I was just fixing it up. Fixing it up. He's like, do you want a job? And I was like, what? He's like, wait there, wait there. So I was like, oh, gosh. And then he comes down and then takes his hand. He goes, bro, how's it, man? He goes, holy shit, man. I saw you skate last night. Man. Like, you're ripping. So you, you thought you were going to be in trouble and then yeah. you get a job. Bro, then he's <laughs> like, man, like, you're a red now. I was like, yeah, he's ripping the skating. Like, we need we need some more people to work in the train park. And I was like, are you shitting me? <laughs> and he was like, nah, it's, it's 10 bucks an hour. Or something like that. It was 10 bucks an hour. That's fine. And I was like... It's all good for me, double figures at least. Yeah. And then um, he goes, come down with me, I'll show you what the deal is. And then, like, I was like, I don't know, like, oh, my God, man, I'm 25 at that time, got a job on the mountain. It's not a lifty, it's literally a, it's a job in the park. Mm. And I was like, yeah, so. get down, get my vests, and I like, turn up tomorrow, got to be here for the, uh, meet here for the for the bus, and you come up. I myself to breakfast and that cornflakes and a coffee. I was like, pay to snowboard, man. Holy shit. So, yeah. who else was in the park crew at that time? So, in the park crew at that time was uh, Nick Frankel, was the, our boss. Um, uh, Raph Ch- Raphael Chambers. 
um, Logan Holt. Oh, sick. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. awesome. Well, he came a little bit after, but he, well, he was working there. And Mel, uh, Melzy Welzy, Brown Sugar Mel. I forgot Mel who. Simmons. Mel Simmons. She was in yeah, Brad. Yeah, yeah. True, but she, she did really well with her judging and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. World class. World so. class. Yeah, yeah. No, that queen is the shit. Um, so, yeah, her... Oh, it was a couple of others. Tamati. How can I forget you, Tamati Kaui? Well, R.I.P., my brother. But, yeah, Tamati was in there. Oh, no, actually, Tamati wasn't. It was the year after because he was a lifty. That's right. Because I was always told, don't be a lifty, man. You've got to work. Yeah. <laughs> work in a train park. You're shape. It's not, you know, you do things. They're like, sweet. So, yeah, and I remember, like, that was the first year, like, we, when we, made, like, literally the next week we were making a big year. And that's when I first saw Aaron Jamison, the talent that was Aaron Jamison at the time. Yeah. And Jacob, uh, Jacob Coyer, the destroyer, was a little grommy. He was, he was a junior at that time, but he was doing backflips over this, backflip indies. Mm. Over, over was, back that. was this about the same time that Leon Arrow and Jake stepped to that? wooden rail at the Aerotown skate park yeah year before it year right. before year before that's fucking bonkers oh that's, that's bonkers yeah that was an alley that was yeah Leon Edu yeah mm. boy now he, he, he I loved him I loved his he still rides wicked he's still got the steez down mm. lean back fast as shit looking good man but um yeah that around that time and who was the queen at the time that was was Dubray Dubray mm. was the 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 freestyle girl, and then you had like I was friends because I moved down there and I. Uh, Jew was kind of like just ahead of all the other girls. Like, yeah, like, that's right. Yeah, she definitely was. Well, she could. Yeah, mm. she was, and then um, uh, Rena Hollis was a good friend of mine that I was flatting with, and she mm. was she was a racer, and she was one of the first times I rode with a woman and went, "Holy fucking shit, you're going fast!" Yeah, she's gnarly, like as fast as I was, like. You know, and I, I used to just like bombing the M one like first thing in the morning, like getting <laughs> always getting kicked off, yeah. that, like and a couple of times I turn around, I'm like getting smoked by her, you know. So and then she, her and Jubray were good friends. We would come over, just and come over for the the big meet just up the road from your house up there, watched the Wanaka Big Air. Oh, sick! Yeah, yeah, man. The first one I saw was when Sammy Wilson. Oh, no, that Sam, was a year. Sam Duvall. Uh, Sam Duvall, that's right. One with the backside nine, eh? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right, that's yeah. right. So that was my first season working at... Was it backside, at... frontside? I think it was frontside. Oh, all right. That was my first season working at Cadrona. All oh, right. We, we talked about this on Ewan's... 99. Ewan Straight and Hygie's episodes, like like Grinspoon having the fight on yeah. stage. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that was legendary. And, and, and Devin Walsh was there, and it's the first time I've seen him flesh... Like chucking roadies, like yeah, that's right. That's what a rodeo. That's right. It was that time rodeos were Mm. very new still. You know, know, we had the old uh, what's his name? What's Frank? What's that? um, Frank or back in the day, that Dan Frank, Daniel Frank. Frank, Like I loved his front corks, roadie fives and sevens. I remember looking, watching. So my first introduction was at Ruapehu riding Whakapapa Tudor and then around that time when I met like Justin or Fozzie mm. he was like bro I'll be watching these TB TB2s and my th- my the biggest influence at that time was actually Jim Rippey for me like he was for a he lot was of gnarly, people he was gnarly man he was like 
that front side rolling the mist like you know what's it called rippy flip yeah. because it's he just he was just unique in it like beautiful melon front melon 720 was yeah. just like caught inverted and gnarly mm, he was kind of the travis rice of the time like yeah absolutely absolutely was, like the punter's favorite that's, snowboarder too yeah that's a good analogy because mm. he definitely was fucking How a stuntman yeah he was a stuntman because he backflipped the snowmobile back mm. in the day as well yeah, that's right did, did yeah. really next level and you know there were always those kind of characters that were like and that have existed he was definitely one of those first mm. knowledge so i remember watching the tbs and like tb1 tb2 tb3 tb4 tb5 6 8 infinity and all that shit you know because mm. they were real important because they they were like that and the mac dogs you know i love mm. that mac dogs are skating but and all that shit speaking of tb i watched johan's part the other day Ooh, i love sin still yeah still stands up now yeah like, bro oh, yes. most of that most of that stuff and, and that, try and ride as fast as him that ender where he does like three thousand feet in 30 seconds yeah, or some yes, shit. yeah that's right Fuck, dude so like but, um a lot of that a lot of that stuff's in new zealand as well like he 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 did some of those big big runs out the back of um oh like methvin sort of yeah yeah right. methvin it was um, holy shit i didn't yeah, know that yeah I, I did um i did one of those cat runs at mount potts Oh, so yeah. like that and so we went up to Mount Potts we did this big hike up there and I was with this guide and I was like I want to get there bomb that and he goes oh that's Johan Olofsson's Johan well he didn't know that, that so he said Johan Olofsson straight line that entire face to the bottom of the valley there and I was like <laughs> maybe I won't what the <laughs> hell and it was impressive man and like was- because Burton had a bit of a thing with Mount Potts for a while. Yes, eh? that's like, right. Yeah, they were so, all up there. So when you're in um, Queenstown Park crew, yes, was this when Dylan and Denny were like they were the dogs they were kicking around in Queenstown? Yep, right? yep. They were the kings of their like abs. Well, you know, there's a lot of kings at that time, mm. right? Ass kicking kings. You know, the, it was real cool around that time. There was like you know, Barnaby Newton um, was incredible as well. Glenn Howe, Leggett. And then you, had, you know, you had the Aaron Jamisons, mm. and then you had uh, Tim Jackways. Yeah, Man, he like yeah. wow, wow, because he was like fucking the competition monster. Man, he was so good, and mm. his world tech and. Will was his younger brother and was a bit in the behind the, the backs. We're just more solid and big mm. and bigger, but like cruisier. But like the tech stuff was like, wow, TJ like, was a weapon. Because he was on Burton International or something. Yes, yeah. that's like he right. Really fucking yeah. pushed it. He was, was doing some gnarly shit. Yeah. yeah, and then at that same time, it was like Denny Bevan, and Denny was like, had. The, the cab roadies dialed mm. but like what the, the the best styles was Tillibut was just like the don't I remember mm. watching him ride for exchange and Coronet Pete was just a, like a, a video and just like you know watching someone skate their park mm. that they know all the lines real hard, real well yeah and just going huge man and it was the first time I saw a dude just was like a casual back five over there. I was like, God damn. That's when I realised. I was like, oh, man. Because his, his section in the dream with the D4 as a soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Is still fucking... Absolutely. I encourage any listeners that are listening to this to go and search that out. It's yeah. still really fucking good. Yeah, it's heavy hitting. It's and, beautiful. 
and fuck like um Dill like us man like yeah so so he sort of dominated the Queenstown scene for a while yeah he was the one that also like the first international first Kiwi to um make a finals of an international the quarter pipe where you know he came second to um what's this in Tia, the, um, uh, Pierre Dillon over in the States or something eh? yeah that's oh, right he crashed in my couch in Colorado that that trip yeah that's when I first met him oh, yeah and um yeah cause we had um I lived with a friend of his Dean Dean Firth oh yes yes and, yes um, I love Dean Firth as well he's a good boy yeah Snowboard Snowboard Workshop yes and um and then I just remember like calling in sick cause um my flat was gonna go and build a jump off on the roadside <laughs> yeah. and yeah. I was just like called in sick to work and um so I could go and hit the jump with him because I was like, whoa, dude, like, I want to go fucking ride with my flatmates and Dylan, Dylan Butts, <laughs> like, who, who wasn't a fan. And um, and then, lo and behold, I actually got sick from the barbecue and was sick for, like, a week afterwards. I remember getting up at work. His partner at the time, Karen, looked at me and she's just like, bro. And as she said that, I just ran and fucking bathed. And I had food poisoning from oh. our barbecue. But it was so fucking worth it to see him fucking take this jump to pieces. Yeah, man. Like, and yes. he was just the raddest dude. Yeah, bro. Um, yeah, he was riding so solid at that time. It was mm. incredible, eh? Like, just powerful, powerful rider. Mm. Fucking, what's the gnarliest thing you've seen Logan Holt do? Oh, shit. Like, I mean, take your pick, but... Yeah, the gnarliest thing I've seen him do was off Shadow Basin at, at um, Remarkables. Um... It was fucking gnarly, man. He blew us. Like, he only had a couple of goes at it, but the second time, man, he just went so flippin' big, he blew us, like, ripped his bindings right off. So, so we're going up, um, up Shadow, so you're quite right towards the top half of Shadow. If you look over to right, you'll see the walkway up to homeward bound they'll use the, yeah. the run around to homeward but the outward is straight up so you mm. hike up to outward and he was rolling across that top all the way down and hitting this booter that they made and there's this giant fucking face in there and he his first hit was just like oh at the time no one was going 70 to 80 foot yeah. not doing not mm. spinning not doing big back fives and especially shit. on like like built alpines, jumps, yeah, yeah, like but yeah, but that's jumps. right. Hand built jumps, yeah. back country, but it wasn't even back country. Like, I, they quickly stopped them. I think they stopped them after that because they're like, it's this turned out it was just other people were going to hit it. It's like, trust me, no one else is going to hit it, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he like bombs in and does, does this whopping big back three, and unfortunately, just goes top heavy, and like it was the first, one of those first times of like going. Man, I'm not, I'm not at that level of just like yeah. abandon. Yeah. Recklessly just hurling my shit through the air at 78, 70, 80k. And, and get, we get up to him, he's like bleeding his mouth, he's got a bleeding nose, and just like, and he goes, oh, and I'm like, damn it, I want to do it again. And I grabbed his board and I was like, oh, bro. And he'd like literally like rip the, the, the bolts oh. out of the. Holy shit. <laughs> Broken one of the bolts, like Fuck. yeah, it was a, it was remember, a impressive man. Like I rode with him in Japan, mm. and when I lived there in 0708 and I was supposed to show him 
and Maria around, which was funny because I was pl- trying to play catch up with them. Yeah, yeah, There's no yeah, way yeah, I could yeah, keep yeah. up. <laughs> but I remember like, because I was always blown away with the tricks I seen him do, but watching him ride a line and just handle everything in his path yeah, yeah, was true. so fucking like, like it was just like, well, that's how a snow was supposed to be ridden. Yeah, and yeah. I yeah. think this run, he just, nothing faced him in his way and he wasn't even doing tricks. He's just ollieing shit that was in the way and tapping things into 180s and, and this <laughs> stuff that you'd be like, hey, get a shot me doing that or whatever. And he's just like, oh, whatever. And it was so fucking like cool to watch that that much power on a snowboard and yep. not even and he's not even doing fucking roadies and shit hey like. that's a sign of yeah of someone special alright mm. yeah no there's a couple of times like man back in the day he had the underflip dialed mm. that underflip thing eh? like whoo he could like just throw them on anything mm. so and I just love the way he had his stance was very like this squat kind of Montoya Walshish a bit mm. between those two dons Definitely forum steez. Yeah, yeah, sure. forum steez, man. But it was like, it was always good looking. He had mm. a sick method on him. Yeah, the kid was like, around was, that time, it was like, also Lance Watson was another mm. pusher. He had a sick double backy on him. He what? taught me how to do rodeos. Oh, right. So I go, shout out to Lance Watson. Sick. Yeah, and, and his tip was just great. like, oh, bend over. <laughs> just bend over at your hip. When you come into it, go up go up the front lip, go up the lip on your, on your toe edge. And when you go, when you go to do that five, bend over and arc it, and then you just let it go up, and then you carve it around. And I was like, "Wow!" And I landed the first one to ever try. Sick. Oh right. man, I've I've not even been game to do those. That's fucking rad. Um, was Logan's sister Haley kicking around at this time too? Yep. Yeah. Hales, Hales, but Hales, but yeah, man, she was a bloody force. She was a whirlwind. <laughs> Weird hells, bells, like yeah, Haley. Strong snowboarder, right? Oh, she too, man. She could yeah. ride. She was one of the, yeah. She was definitely, um, she was boss. Because mm, there was like this time in New Zealand snowboarding where it was like mm. Abby, then Lockhart. Yeah, Abby Shelley, Lockhart. And Shelley, Haley that just dominated. And um, Hannah Sullivan. Mm. It was that Hannah mm. Devold now. So you, oh, Hannah, I can't believe I Hannah, forgot Yeah, that. you can't forget her. Yeah, she, sure. she got to a point where she was like, no, fuck all your bitches. Nah. I was, <laughs> I mean, she was like, later, sisters, this is what up. And she just started, like, getting upside down. Mm. And competitions where other women weren't prepared to get upside down. She she was, you know, and this is like, you know, it's funny to talk about it now because all the girls get upside down, you know. You look mm. at, look, how about Zoe getting the, the uh, wild card for um, Supernatural? Has she got it? That's fucking. Oh, well, like, I, I'm pretty sure I just I, saw. I, I, I seen some voting thing. Oh yeah, no, I saw the post. She got. She, she's in. Yeah, no yeah. fucking way. Yeah. Oh, that's so sick, oh, mate. I I voted. I love it. I voted a couple of times on that one. Like, that our boy, that our boy. Want to see that? Man, sure. I love her. She she does shit that I I can't. <laughs> hey, how about that edit she put up for the the natural selection? That's switchback one at TC. Yes. Fucking no joke, eh? Yeah, bro, no joke. Holy shit. Just like, all that stuff in there is like, that's why I saw a couple of, uh, a couple of the posts and comments from a couple of the other bad girls out there. Oh, she got, she got props from Leanne Pelosi. Yeah, yeah, that's right. man, you, like, fuck. Well, they, they, that's so sick. It's the classic real, recognise real. Yeah, totally. And that's exactly that. You, she's undeniably the future. And it's Mm. just like, you know, I can't wait to have her on here. She said uh, when she gets back. Like, Shit, yes. But yes, there's so much you know, 
Like, you can do switchback nines, bro. I know. But how's, how's it like... So, like, she fucking... She grew up, like, looking up to people like Jamie Anderson, right? Mm. And now she's peer yeah, with Jamie Anderson. Like, she's... Right. Absolutely. Like, who the fuck else has got that story? Like, fuck, that's like me saying, like, looking up to Jamie Lynn, and then there's no fucking way I'm ever gonna... Yeah, you know, well, like, it's just it's timing, perfect timing, you know, like... I mean, that's that's he- a heavy, heavy... Mm. Well, that's, that's the awesome thing about it, how it is now. Like, I was talking about it but, like, before I was saying to a friend about... Kids these days, I think I were talking about a bike story. Mm. Like, mountain biking is a massive passion of mine, and so like I do it lots now. It's kind of filled in a lot of the gaps where I can't skate, haven't been able to skate so much because my MCL or both knees have kind of like it's been an arsehole to me, and my meniscus mm. is kind of I've done a doozy on that one. So mountain biking is filling that the nah mm. filling the gap of nah that I need and that so going out there riding the other day and I bumped into this this coach and I was just just chatting like, oh mate you're taking the kids out and he was like yeah yeah and he was just telling me how nervous it was because he asked them what are your goals what do we you kids want to get out of this and they were like oh we want to hit dream track <laughs> and he's like god damn and if anyone out there if, if you know where the dream track is it's in Fernhill Queenstown and they are the biggest jumps that you can hit in public. If you watch any Magaza Fest yep. video, you'll see it. Yeah, so they're no that. joke. The the jumps, the jump takeoff itself is the size of a house. Fucking hell! And the landings are bigger than a house, so it's like they truly are awe-inspiringly terrifying. And these kids want to hit that. And I, and you know we just started talking about that's how it is, like skateboarding mm. these days. The levels being sorted, like for us growing up from the early skateboarding days transitions weren't decided on what's the proper mm. and, and all that stuff so we had to learn what what works in half pipes what works in bowls and i remember working for remarkables uh the train park we made the first 25 foot quarter pipe in in uh in a competition and we really had, yeah we had it in the bottom so. of a race run and it was 25 foot and we sh- shaped weeks shaping that sucker how big was the running for that Oh, about four hundred meters. It was so long you could go stupid, and that's what I did. The very one of the first times I went right at the top, and I had it with so much pace that I compressed and smeared my shit against the the vert wall, flew up the air in the air mount six seven foot upside down with my (laughs) looking up to the sky with my board taking off, and I'm like. All the wind knocked out of me, and I'm flying upside down. What the fuck has happened? And luckily enough, I just was kind of a little bit dazed, and I just did a natural flip, and I kind of come back down and landed with my board on the tranny, and bah, like this. I literally did a flip, and then landed like right over, bang, and compression. And I mean, yeah, that's what exactly what I said. I think. Right. So who was um, who was dominating that quarter? For that competition, then uh, the baddest then was Glenn Howell won it. I think right, he trust. was do- yeah he was doing huge cripplers, Sick. huge cripplers at that time, and at that time huge was only like you know twelve foot. Yeah, yeah, only. Keep, yeah, oh yeah, compared yeah. to now, compared yeah, yeah. to the bonkers oh, yeah. stuff they do yeah. now. That's all. I didn't mean to make mm. it sound like only, but yeah, mm. like, compared to now where it's all twenty 
foot. Oh, that's insane. They're bonkers. It? But at that time, we were discovering what was a workable transition, and I was mm. I was telling them, because I was trying to, when we first started, they made the training real tight. I was like, it's not going to work because you're going to, because I, I was using my skateboard knowledge, I was trying to say, like, you know, you wanted a big, mellow one that stops just with it, you know, you don't want too much vert. Mm. You don't want to be thrown back in, yeah. but you want enough to go up, you don't land on the platform mm. and we kind of got it right for we got it really good you know like, but yeah who else was, there was a couple of cats Glenn Nuggets was gnarly on it yeah yeah, yeah he was gnarly on it like he could do anything he was like real sick like mutes big mutes sick. but yeah who else came over quite a couple of um I think it was Niels Yeplin one of those oh, he was Canary great dudes, yeah, yeah he was real good too yeah he had a couple of like wows at the moments and but yeah, so at that time we were still discovering transitions, and that's like, like skateboarding now. All the vert ramps now, kids start off and they go to parks. Yeah, they're super smooth, mm. no rough concrete. Everything's perfectly done, and and the level is raised up as mm. well. And like kids that start skating, when I first started skating, a tic tac was a fucking move for me, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and now, you know, t- tic tacs is the remember, mode of moving. Remember the first time you seen an Ollie on a skateboard? It's like, yep. how the fuck was, does that That work? was Black Magic moment, eh? Yeah. It was like, what the fuck? Yeah, mm. and Ollie for a long time was... And like, ain't it funny how it was the hardest trick for a long time? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally, eh? And, and you'd always do, the, like, like Ollie's would always drift in the first couple of, first year or so to an Ollie. It was the fight to try and do a straight Ollie, eh? Yeah, just oh, got that straight Ollie. Yeah. God, I just remember the first time I seen him, I was like, that's not attached to his feet. And, mm. like, oh, it's just had so many questions that yeah. weren't, weren't being answered. Yeah, my first one, but, I think, was videos Curb Dogs. Like, real old. If you type mm. in, like, it's actually, I went on YouTube, so heaps of old school farts older than me have put all these old videos on mm. but I remember like those first videos uh, primitive future primitive mm. uh, like public rub- domain rubbish heap and stuff well, or earlier earlier oh, it was a bit later so like the, the first power parado videos not mm. first ones that you know public domain was the big one for women mm. in the 80s public domain and then it went banned this uh, yeah, yeah, public domain banned this, and then video seven, and all those. Those are the first when I'm like, wow, Ollie, you know. Mm. And so back in the day, street skating was just how you got around. Mm. That was that, you know, like you'd Ollie and you'd skate everything. Mm. Like, and you know, I'm like, I remember when thrashing <laughs> was new. So, yeah. Thrashing was new. I'm an old fart, so like, well, not old as. as uh, Spy <laughs> or Yui, but um, uh, yeah. Um, oh, Spy's, Spy's coming on tomorrow, so yeah. we'll, we'll give him a bit of a rebuttal there. Oh, like um, I'll chase him, but like you know, like, back in those. But you know, for me, like when I first, he was the one of my uh, inspirations back then as well. Spy and um, Seamus Buttress, like because so, yeah. when I start first, first got into it, buying. Snowboard magazines down in um, Wellington from what's the main one down there? Cheapskates down there on, on Cuba Street, bottom of Cuba. You know, I remember like I'd buy Transworld magazine when the one with the big Ingmar Backman twenty foot backside air mm. back in the day, which was like 
24. Blue, blue mine. Blue everything. Because yeah. the biggest before that was Cab and Hisui. And they were doing, you know, 10 footers. Mm. 20 foot, that was just like ridiculous. And this was like, snowboarding, I've got to go. I've mm. got to do this. I've got to complete the Holy Trinity. Yeah. There used to be skate on top, snowboard, surfboard. Mm. But yeah, so, yeah. Um, speaking Rabbit. of, we kind of segued back into skating, which is quite good. So I wanted to ask <laughs> you about this time when you were living in Queenstown and skating unskated full pipes in Manapuri. Oh, yeah, that was quite naughty, that one. <laughs> Very, um... <laughs> but, um, it was, uh, yeah, so... guess I can't get in trouble now. It's a long time ago. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we, we got to... Uh, it was six of us. We all got asked to work for, you know, in Manapuri a hydroelectric dam it was like Sam Duvall myself uh, Guffrey Simon Guffrey uh, Sam Wilson R.I.P Sam Wilson R.I.P mate damn it um, Raf Chambers and a couple of the other brothers Nathan let's do Nathan and we all went down there as the bum boy clean up job clean up cats because they'd finished this Big, um, so we had it was a hydroelectric dam, they would take us into the tunnel. Mm. So we'd drive it 200 meters under the we'd go into this tunnel and it'll lower us down to about 200 meters below the surface of the water. And we're inside a hill, and then you'd do it, we'd get to this place where there's this hole that was like 75 meters straight, bored down, and um, we'd drive in there, and it was, it was pretty. Fun surreal man because you're driving it was like hard yakka i mean you had to wear hard hats and you're driving into a mountain and at first you first get into and then you go deeper and deeper you start feeling like holy shit we're in, we're in a bloody mountain it's quite full-on mm. and you can see all these other corridors that they're built and all this stuff and so we'd go in get lowered down the 75 in this cage it was like four at a time lowered down this hole went 80 meters straight down and you'd get into this down there's an exhaust flume so and this exhaust flume was where all the water would come out from these from the lake fall down using gravity spin the turbine and shoot out this massive town and it was 10 kilometers long from Manapoli to the west coast and the, where the outlet is and we'd be working in there cleaning all the all the, the, the debris before they opened it up and, and we were there for like 21 days and as we were there we started becoming friends with some of the local dudes and the dudes working there for years and just randomly because I was inquisitive I was asking one of the one of the, the the workers there one of the bros the foreman actually and it was like man whereabouts is this stuff he goes oh that's here and it was like and it was this giant chamber giant chamber of like um where the water would fall down like about 100 metres hit this turbine and spin it inside this chamber was perfectly well even even the tunnel itself was like 30 metres round a giant full pipe 10 kilometres sections of it as we were like the first couple of days working in there we were going along cleaning this stuff and we had so there's a train track in the middle of this tunnel and this um the engine would come up and down and pick us up and move us down. Sections of it was perfectly smooth, and I was just like, "I want to skate that." And but like you know, everyone's like, 
you get fucking fired and you get really don't, don't blow it it was like I'm not going to do it but then after a while we got I met one of the foremen he goes oh I'll take you into one of the places I'll show you this the, one of the chambers and we went down and showed it took us into this this other wing that went off and this giant fucking chamber that with water and it's spooky ass because it's in a mountain it's mm. black and dark but you can see kind of the lights of this uh, of this chamber and it was perfectly smooth wall and I just said to my wife what are the chances of getting my skateboard in here and he liked me because we'd been had a few big nights drinking and we mm. like, befriended him and we went from being oh the city boys they're calling us the city boys because these are like hard yakka southern mountain working mm. dudes and they called us city boys and we're like oh shit at first they were like giving us shit because they were like that's how it usually is you know mm. you guys and then after the first week they fucking loved us because we were all like you know we were quite charismatic dudes mm. but we're hard yakka into the hard, into the work and we've been on the purse and then like I just said to him I went can you get me in there in the morning and, and he was like yep I was like okay so I took my took a bag down skateboard in the bag kept it completely covered went down into the chamber one more time and I just took off grabbed my skateboard grabbed my fucking torch did <laughs> two shit. two bombs up the side did like got up like quite high and then came back and then just get to get out in the dash because we were like he was like I'm going to lose my job bro don't then, then when we came down when we came out he's like I can see your I can see your wheel marks. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, explain that one. He was like, explain that one. I'm not dusting the wolf. I can't run up and dust the wolf. Was like, but it was in this giant dark chamber, and it was the only wheels that have ever touched. Oh, that's so sad. Sacred, <laughs> the sacred chamber. I'm sure the water handled those wheel marks. Yeah, sufficiently. Sooner or later, right? So. Um, you got into sort of emceeing competitions, that sort yes, of thing yeah, too. Because yeah. um, I, I think Queenstown in the early 2000s competitions, I always straight away think of the Urban Rail Jams they had on Camp Street. Oh, yeah. And they were yep, we started such those. a big deal, right? Like, yeah. Was that Remarks Park? Yeah, that was Remarks dudes? Park. So that, was, that was us. It was Nick Frankel, Tamati, myself, Mel's. It was, we were just, you know... So right at the beginning, man, it was tough because they wanted us to, like, put Terrain Park crew to do the sheep because in Remarkables they have, like, this sheep run up there so people can feel like that. Yeah, we're going through the sheep track and they have a toilet bowl where, you know, spiral thing. And that took up heaps. It consumed heaps of time. It was mm. just, like, annoying. When I started, 99, 2000, 2000, we really ramped it up. We let them know, like, we want to make it the best park you know we want to like not just because what like the first year what would happen is like your job was to um open the park and and then leave and then and then do all these other jobs but it was always like the the groomer would shape it but it was never you know you it was it wasn't like today how you have it cardona mm. the, the the shape would shape it and then the guys would in there work it get it real good when there was they didn't. Th- they didn't know that that's what you had to do, and yeah. I. And I brought. I was like, me and Tums were like, no, we want to work and put it in and make little projects on the side, like side hits and get shit. So we were like, the first time 
and we were battling with uh, Hamish McCrosty at the time because he was like he was a skier and I was still like you know you guys are just punks and you're not really you know we were just it was a bit early it was early days and they didn't really understand and Snowboarding hadn't globally taken over the fucking industry Mm. and new school skiing was still on the horizon new school skiing was it wasn't even new school then it was all like they they just they were skiers Mm. you know they had and, you know, it was that that was around that time when they kind of started mixing with mm. the, the cork skiers started getting corked and twin tips and getting powder skis and mm. they went from pieced skis to like that was around that time and but yeah man those first um, so we put on a couple of these comps and all the all the Capri Morrow competitions at that time I emceed mm. and I DJ because I prior to that I would empty a lot of the skate comps yeah. uh, up in Auckland and and that stuff and it was quite hard back then because skating was quite tech and that shit but then snowboarding was a bit simpler but easier mm. at that time and and around that time I got introduced uh, well, uh, well it was actually like uh, Board of Authority and um, who was that then it was like Ants and Who's now running Quest? Yeah, running yeah. Quest. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Ants and those cats were board of authority, and they like, oh man, we need you. Can you MC one of our comps? It's the half pipe comp at Coronet Peak, and I was like, hell yeah! And they're like, as long as you don't mind, uh, MCing over a DJ. We've got down, DJ Downtown Brown, and I remember going, whoa, Downtown Brown, what a fucking name! How to meet this homeboy? And I had all these pictures and images in my mind of what downtown brown would look like this funky dude and then um so uh, like that was the first year down there for a couple of weeks so like you know i moved down there my band split up i was going down there to focus on skate and snowboarding but going out it was mm. always like it was the fresh thing you know you'd go in there with a dj and they're playing hip-hop and i'd have a mic and you'd have open mic nights at the tardis this oh, infamous yeah. little club called the mm. tardis and um, I remember going in there and I'd rhyme because there was a little freestyle cipher, old uh, Gnarly, uh, Nathan Leggett, old Glenn Leggett's mm. younger brother, Gnarly boy. Where, not, where are you, Gnarly? I haven't I, seen you for years. I remember seeing him skating. He just had all these boneless yeah, combos. Man, yeah, boneless and, combos. And it was back when bonelesses weren't cool. That's right, laybacks, heats of Bertelman style. Mm. Like, yeah, man, he was, he was funky. He had a funky, mm. real unique and his own shit and that's what I loved mm. about Gnarly Boy but yeah around that time we were all emceeing and it was frustrating because a lot of those DJs back then you know they good music pretty slick and good music but he was quite average at beat mixing and there was none of none of them could beat mix and that stuff and then my bro because I'd already been on the mic lots stage performing with bands I was already kind of like oh I need to find someone who's like the shit and then um Raphael was like, Raph was like, bro, you need, you're too good for down here at the moment. You're too good for these dudes. You need an MC for Downtown Brown. And I was like, whoa, that was the first time I heard Downtown Brown. I was like, damn, what a fucking name. He goes, oh, bro, he's he's definitely the best DJ. He comes, plays a mixture of soul, hip-hop, and, and he's like properly mixes and all that shit. And I remember going, wow, and I had all these images of him. And then literally that week, I think, I got asked to do that comp. And I was like, oh, sweet, yeah, downtown, bro, there's that dude again. And then literally later that night, I was meeting, uh, I was with Raphael going to the Rattlesnake in Queenstown, because that's where you went back in the day, it was the Rattlesnake pool, booze, and 
lovely, lovely ladies. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we were going up there. And he goes, oh, there's downtown Brown there. And I went, oh, hey. And I went, he goes, oh. And he goes, oh, I'll introduce you. And then at that time, Simon had this, like, one of those funny hats with the, with the, with the things with the ears and they tie underneath your chin. Oh, the air flap. Yeah, air, air flap ones. And he had the flu. Mm. And he's like, oh, I've heard he's about you. So when I got the flu. And I remember meeting him, I was like, oh, he's, he's a white dude, he's Pakia. And I remember going, oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. And then, and then the next day we had our competition and instantly it was just like, this motherfucker's a funky boy. Played Sick. everything, and then the drum and bass, and I'd just get up and sing with him and all that shit. And he's like, uh, he, after we at the end of the competition, it was uh, coronet halfpipe comp. Was this the competition where Glenn Leggett jumped off the chairlift into his runner wearing a red wig? I think I'm getting it. Might be that one or the mm. next comp after. All right. Which I think it might have been for the Nationals that one. That one it might have been the Nationals where he jumped in, uh, dropped in the pipe, which is spectacular. But I was emceeing that at the same time. I'm, I'm not sure it's a bit of a blur because mm. it was a couple of years ago. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's where it all started with me, Sunshine Sound System. But then, we, yeah, that one where seeing Glenn Leggett and the Coronet Peak half pipe, and there was like medium-sized pipe. I think the pipe was only like a 10 foot, 11 foot high. Mm. And like how is the chair oh, off very, It's got 30, 40 foot. Dude, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah, but easily 30. Yeah. I can't see it being... Yeah, it was it was gnarly, man. And so he jumped off the chair. So, so you got to no. see this. Like, I only ever heard about it. Oh, yeah, no, like no. Well, so, so he's he's natural. He's goofy as well. So it was his backside wall. And he's up there, up there, up there, and you can see him, he's strapped in, and bars up, and he's like, in there, get right over, and we're like, fuck, he's not going to do it, is he? Sure enough, just Indy Bones in. Bow! Unreal, man. Oh, bone, like, and, and handles the inside wall, too. Handles it real nicely. Uh, um, I mean, that's fucking nuts, right? I mean, how many people do we know have jumped off a cheerleader, let alone into a 10-foot half-pipe transition? Into a concrete half-pipe, yeah. Man. That and that was, was during someone else's run or some shit, right? Yeah, it was, yeah. he had to go. Yeah. It was one of those <laughs> ones. But it was... The mountain didn't like it, but yeah. we all knew, everyone knew in the... Like like us that were a part of the comp, we were, I was him senior. We knew like Leg's going to drop in. He's like, he was like, no, he's not gonna, he's going to do it. Mm. He's already psyched up. He's already decided. Mm. But I think at that time, Aaron Jamison won that day. Mm. Aaron Jamison was doing perfect nine hundreds. Mm. Like, he was a force to be reckoned He with. was good yeah. at, at everything. Yeah, still works now too. Oh, right, yeah. of course. That's yeah. why Rocco Boy is the one. Yeah. Debbie was another queen of the world. Yes. How did we forget her? Debbie. O'Hagan at the time. Yes, that's right. That's yeah. right. And so yes, Debbie was was another. Sorry, we, sorry, we forgot you. Sorry, Deb. Previous part of the conversation, Deb. <laughs> we love you though. You're um, always a weapon. Yeah, gnarly. Mm. Like, and it was uh, it, it, the thing about Aaron because I was lucky enough that we've been involved with the terrain park and MC a lot of the comps, so we'd get to first-hand watch the practices and watch who was lighting it up. Mm. And Aaron always had the ability to, to up the ante just that little bit. Like, you know, you know, he had to deal with Dylan, had to deal with 
uh, Hal, Denny, Viv and Quentin and that yeah. stuff. He just would like, okay, well, I'm going to do a seven. You do the backside. Okay, I'm going to do a nine. But like, you know, he did some, like, he was the competition dude. He knew how to did, win a competition. Was he, you know that giant cordy you were talking about at Remarks, was he doing fucking cab sevens off that? I think I've seen a sub twenty eight where he was like mid cap yeah, seven off something that looked like that. Yep, it was. It was he, like, yeah, we could. He was easily like, smashing. Riding into that for a cab track's fucking nuts. He, he like, was. That, that's why. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, he was an advanced man, mm. ahead of the game. Because yeah, in the not in the early two thousands, bombing into that, and he always had the steez too, man. He looked, he always looked sharp. He mm. had his big gold earrings, and big <laughs> big fly chain. He's a smooth dude. I got mad love for Jemo. Mm. So um, downtown Brown led to um, Sunshine Sound uh, system. system. Yeah. So that he asked me, he goes, "What are you doing next week?" I'm doing a gig in Dunedin, down at the Odeon. Was it Odeon or something? What's it like that? I was like, "Wow!" And then Bar Street. I'm oh, like, man. "Yeah." He goes, "I'm coming down." So I went down and we did the jam. And afterwards, the sun's rising. We're in the car. Did we sleep on the couch? Oh, we slept on the couch. But we get in the car, and in front of me, there's a bluebird, something bluebird, but it's the SSS. Mm. And I saw it, went, oh, gosh. This was in my rascalian days, I, 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 I got an ad. So I jumped out, and I took the, <laughs> I popped the clip, I popped the uh, the SSS off, and I showed so uh, and then downtown kids like what'd you do that for I was like bro I've got my tattoo Skate Snow Shop SSS it's like and it's like it represents the whole trinity Skate Snow Surf and he's like well that's why I grabbed the SSS he's like bro that's the name of my that's the name of us the Sunshine Sound System so I was like are you kidding me that's us and how that's- did uh, P. Diggs come about oh right. was this about the same time yeah this is yeah. at the same time so just before I left Wellington or well, prior to in the nineties, I was P Geist. So my name's Polder. Mm. Um, I used to get called Polder Bear by girls. Oh yeah, dudes were dudes in that would call me Polder Geist. Yeah, and I, I like Polder Geist because it was evil, dark, yeah. you know, a Geist. Yeah, Polder Geist. So I was like, yeah, that's me. That was my heavy metal persona, and like mm. you know, and I used to MC P Geist. And then when I first came down to Dunedin. I didn't even. When I first came to Queenstown, I got asked to do a gig with Freddie Slick, Big G, some Niles, and it was underneath Quest, or was it some bar back that doesn't exist anymore? But it was the first time I ever changed because we went down there and they're like, what, what, what are you, what's your MC name? And I was like, I don't want, I always said P guys. I was like, I can't, that's, those days are done. Mm. So then I, uh, I was, I went with P Diggity actually. Oh yeah. So prior to that, all, all, as kids growing up in Wellington days, would call each other, hey, what up, what up, Hound Diggity Dog? Oh yeah. So it would be like P Diggity Dog. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it would be like, you would be T Diggity. You're right. T Diggity Dog. Yes. <laughs> diggity. I Diggity. Yeah. And, and then so when I moved down there, because no one down here was using Diggity, I was like, oh, I'll go with P Diggity. And literally, fucking halfway through, I've said literally a lot in this interview. Mm. Interview. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an interview, man. Um, it's a talk, guy. But, um, yeah, I, I remember like, 
Puff Daddy decides to change his name to P Diddy. And I got his asses going like, oh, yeah, they just MC P Diddy. Just because people were, had shit humour. Mm. And it bummed me out. I was like, so then I abbreviated it down to Diggs because, you know, it's mm. like, took the P Diggs, chopped the diggity down, like, yeah, just Diggs. But with triple S on it, so, mm. yeah, skate snow shop, skate snow surf, sunshine sound, the whole linkage. Right. And yeah, that's how that came. P Diggs came about, and then Downtown Brown was the one. Like as we did a few gigs, we did. He was dropping drum and bass, and so yeah. Well, well 1999. Uh, that summer, around the end of that season, uh, Salmonella Dub came into town, and they brought this instrumental act called Shapeshifter and they played in the Queenstown Town Hall Queenstown Memorial Hall and I didn't go for some reason I was I don't know chasing tail or something Do, I don't know. doing what you do doing what I was doing yeah, yeah. Didn't, didn't pay the goods to go see it but my friend Jacob Bradley went and Jacob Bradley knew me from the Naked Bookman days the Soft Culture Us Police, Police Lucifer he knew I loved metal loved mm. bass and we were all about the latest progressive stuff that's pushing shit. And that we'd just gone through this big uh, tuning, like trying different tunings, like C tunings and A tunings, like like when Corn dropped bottom B mm. with it. So tuning, I mean, like is in how low the guitars are tuned to. You've got a guitar, so you understand mm. what I'm talking about. And it was always about, whoa, like who's got, because I love bottom D. Mm. And all there's that new kind of musical jint music, dijint, dijint, and that's all B's and A and and I loved Caius. Caius were yes, like C, band. yeah. They had really awesome tunes in there, mm. and like C. So I was thinking like Soundgarden as well. I was like really. Oh low. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. They did some yeah. cool stuff. Mainly B though, and they did. They just did real cool E tunings as well. They were, right. you know, they were really, no, yeah, they were definitely. Mm this shit but around that time so he knew knew what I liked and I went around to see him the next day and he was like oh, oh how was Salmonella because at that time Salmonella were kind of one big, of the biggest eh? biggest bands in the mm. country they were, they were a touring a, a, an acknowledged touring international of mm, Australia and back television yeah that's right, right yeah, yeah I don't know if Tiki was singing for them yet then. It was right. right early days. He was doing the sound only mm. then. And so they came in, because this is 99, and he was just like, oh my God, the support band just floored them. He goes, because we, we came from metal. I found dub, early dub back in the day, and that kind of, some of that reggae stuff was quite simple, quite, mm. quite basic, and we were into like crazy timings, crazy mm. tunings. Yeah as far left as you can bloody go but um and then he just was like bro the support act shapeshifter just bowled them right out the water they've got this black box and it was sub basses bro and he was just playing it was all their bass they didn't have a bass guitar so I was like what no bass guitar so like, they had two keyboards the other dude was playing keyboards one was playing a guitar and and a trumpet and I was just like well this is real early days Nico doesn't touch the trumpet now he refuses to but um yeah, he goes, yeah, they had like keyboards and it was just, he was, he said to me, it's the subbiest bass I've ever heard. At that time, I was like, mm. 
fuck you talking about that's like but he was like bro it was keyboards doing stupidly sub bass lines and all their bases were like bass sub bass lines and I remember just like trying to envision he goes and they played this thing this musical jungle and prior to that when I was living in Hawke's Bay I'd heard from a friend like what jungle music was in London this was like 94, 95 and he's like it's all the rage digs if you ever go to London that will be you you'll love it and I, I couldn't really imagine what it was at that time mm. it wasn't until I moved to Wellington who got exposed to drum and bass and then then we were down here I heard about this, this the movement that was Shapeshifter and then like so doing a couple of gigs of downtown he was like hey man I'm, I'm asked to go on the he actually said to me, like, bro, you need to sing for my friend. He came back because he was on tour. That's right. He'd come back from a tour, outdoor style. With Shapeshifter. Yeah, with Shapeshifter. Right. So downtown, I was the man about town at the mm. time. Like, and, he, you know, the, he was a very hot DJ. With, with, like, up there with Manuel Bundy and Submariner as the, like, the fucking Don. Always beautiful selection. Even now, he'll he, he's one of the best selectors in the country. Like, if you ever go to a Sunshine or a Downtown Brown gig, you will be um, impressed and enjoy his selection. It's always quality, classics, uh, with the freshest mix of shit. And he was the dude, and they actually got him on board to have him in between. Like, well, Salmonella got him, because he was in between the bands. And he, he came back, and said, man, you've got to sing for, the, for my boy's shapeshifter. And I remember going, well, you know them as well. And I was asking questions. He's like, they basically do live drum and bass, bro. And I was like, wow, impressive. I'd love to see that. And he was like, bro, their drummer, Dreadford Grinnell. He's the son of John Hall Grinnell. And I was like, what? Serious? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And he's a weapon. And he plays live drum and bass breaks. And I was like, at the time, I was like, I couldn't really picture it. I was like, because I used to think it was um, drum programming, you mm. know, because it was programmed drums back mm. in the day. But he was, like, doing it live. And so, yeah, then, then 2000, went to the gathering. Um, Trinity Roots on first. And then there was Shapeshifter after them, and in between there was Sunshine Sound System. Mm. So Trinity Roots went on, and it was raining, and then we came on Sunshine Sound System. And that was the first experience of making it stop rain. Sunshine had the power, man. We, right. And we, it stopped raining when we came out, and the sun Sick. came out. And then Shapeshifter Devin, Wal uh, Devin Walsh, Devin Abrams at the time just goes, dude, man, you guys are ripping it. Would you be keen to come up and guess on one of our songs? And that was back in the day where bands would, like, open the mic to public. Mm. Like, come up, anyone want to come up? And that was those days. And nowadays, you don't fucking do that shit. Yeah. Unless you play at, like, small pubs and shit, mm. you know. But, like, so I got up there and, uh, yeah, sung my ass off. And they were like, oh, dude, do you want to do, do you want to come on? Like, we're looking for a singer. Would you like to come on tour and do a little tour with us? And guest as an MC. And, yeah, then I went on tour with them. And then the rest, is like as they say fucking history and we're doing it 21 years later so. still just finished playing to one of the largest crowds we've ever, ever played to it's been an interesting year like we kept our our powder quite dry this summer around we didn't mm. overplay yeah we've got a new album coming out we played three gigs over new years bigger gigs less amount of gigs 
but we played to like first night was like twenty five thousand people. Right. Yeah, rhythm and vines. It was on the 29th. So up north. Yeah, and then on on the thirtieth played to fifteen thousand people at um, Whangamata. Big bad PA, million dollar PA. It was beautiful production. So when you were starting with Shapeshifter, were you still doing the snowboard thing in Queenstown? Yeah, man. Hard. So how were you balancing? That sort of stuff. Oh, I like, was just running like a little wild dude on fire. Right. Yeah, just man. Pure energy and pure energy, and forgetting to pay rent and apologise to the landlords. <laughs> I love you guys. And, but at the same time, just like you know, flying by the seat of my pants. You mm, know, like was was this a sort of? I heard. Uh, no, I could be way off here. You were living under a staircase, and there was a no gloves season or something. What's that? Oh, well, no. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got my wires crossed. Oh, no, it, it's kind of like, oh, it was, it was in the, that was the Bronx. The Bronx. And right. the Bronx. So the Bronx was like, oh, man, it was an institution, that place. It was a big old house that had like three house, uh, flats, but there was one big house that used to be one, hmm. and they divided it up into three flats. It was Sam Duvall was there, uh, Timmy White, Tim White, um, we had about yeah uh, four bedrooms five bedrooms and Sam Duvall did his all up and I, there was this place called the dog box you can stay at the dog box it was 25 bucks a week but it was pretty much like a little it was like the it used to be like the storage room where you chuck everything in but they mm. made it so it was like you could sleep but you couldn't sleep you had to sleep on an angle right. so that you could fit in there and that stuff and it was pretty much yeah like it was called the dog box dog box but you yeah it was awesome you know because we were it was a whole flat of awesome young people mm. and, and and then you stayed in the dog box because it meant you're the next in line for whoever moved out right and was Craig Strong living there with you guys at the time no because no. he was a bit of an institution at the hell time yeah. hell yeah hell yeah Oh, I love that boy. Now, he, oh, yeah, man, like he was the best, man. Like, and we'd go back and we'd watch all the skate vids, and we were just watching, watching, critiquing, mm. critiquing. Oh, let's go back and watch that one, you know. We're just like mm. him, Blair, and Craig were my dudes, man. So, and because yeah. about that time there was a thing, gifted. Yes. So you were right. Oh, yes. Was that what yeah. was what was gifted? Exactly? Oh, gifted, uh, gifted clothing came about with Danny, Danny Rawlins, aka Danny Two Chains who was the the funk the ideas guy the arty guy and him and Jaya started it Jaya was the kind of the business guy behind it and then Craig Pierce right Craig Pierce who did filming and he was the other partner between the three of them Craig Pierce is now manager for the Black Seeds and so it was basically us um, with some awesome t-shirt designs jackets shirts pants and yeah it was a clothing company that supported the locals so I remember Logan Holt and yeah. I remember you had a picture of a layback grind in the Wanaka Bowl yes yeah, first yeah. built in, in one of their ads and stuff. yeah that was the first week so. I think of the Wanaka Bowl being open mm. we're just like yeah yeah that's right gifted so there was a cool it was a cool little thing going but then it kind of like fell apart and ended up like I expanded it wanted to expand outside to production and all that stuff and it should have just to be honest keeping it small clothes clothing humble looking out for the locals mm. as well as getting it bigger but like 
it was doing some good shit, mm. man. So it's just creative differences, and they yeah, moved on and it kind of moved on. So yeah, that was one of the, the one of the yeah the Queenstown days, mm. man. So that was um, a, that was around when the flood happened too. That's right. The flood, yeah, so it that, happened here as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The flood. Yeah. So did you ever get to see any of those um, at the old Coronet buildings, like the old rail forum rail jams and yep. shit? Was like. Holt and Steve Ferguson and those yeah, dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, that's a good name, Steve, Steve Ferguson. Ferguson. Oh, yeah. he was a beast, eh? Fucking great star. Gnarly. Uh, oh, you yeah. mean the, 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 the rail where um, Devin Walsh does the Wildcat? He what? Down at Wildcat at it, right? Are you talking about the, the back stairs on Coronet Peak there? I think so. It used to be like with the old building, it was like the main stairway. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. The cafe. Oh, yeah, yeah, see that one as well. And yeah, they yeah. slam a box on there and stuff. Yeah, and, man. And yeah, yeah. Tim and uh, Logan, Logan and Steve would just take it to pieces. Yep. That's but what, right. what the fuck's this about Devin Walsh? Oh, around that same time. Well, that was when Wildcats, the first Wildcats came mm. out. He was, he did like um, they wouldn't he, oh, a whole bunch of kids. They went to that rail. I think I think it was Leggett showed them or something. Yeah, and they they hit in the rail and that stuff. And when I arrived. Just come down afterwards and just sort of like pop the wildcat, the whole thing. Down to the flat. It was gnarly. Is that rail still there? Or is that uh, oh, gone no, The now building's or... gone, yeah. yeah. But yeah. it was like, it was a perfect setup for one. It was like one of those ones, like, mm. all right, let's yeah. build a kick up. <laughs> let's hit this before we get in trouble. Sick. And um, while we're starting snowboarding, um, you've shredded with Will J quite a bit. Yeah. And um, Japan missions and whatnot. Yeah. Um, best dude. Ever. Best like, dude. Gotta be ever. the best dude to do it. Best guys. Um, I overheard a story you had about him off the side of the Cadrona Road, but I didn't hear the whole thing. Would you be able to Oh yeah, man. Oh so far out, yeah, you know, like yeah, Will Jackways, what a beautiful man. Like it's been real cool over the past ten years going back and forth to Japan. Mm. Luckily lucky enough I've been organising like DJ gigs over there with my boy Sandbor from Shapeshifter. Mm. We go over there DJ in a couple of the towns, pays for our gig, pays for our trip and food. And then usually when we're in Niseko we get put in with the same guy for Brother Ash from Holiday Niseko. If you're gonna to go to Niseko, go through him. Ash at Holiday Niseko. He always links us up with with Will, so it's just been choice over the past 10 years riding over there with him. Mm. And, you know, like, uh, when you see him in the backcountry, when you see him riding and guiding his shit that he loves, you really see why he is known as one of the nicest pros with the biggest kahunis. And mm. he's, he's one of those dudes that will test. And I've seen him do some absolutely scary gnarly shit mm. and just stomp and I've seen him like eat shit and then get back up and just do it straight away and stomp it mm. man and like not normal stuff I wouldn't even try it like, far out I'm just way too old like I, I learned very quickly on to not follow him off fucking anything far like, out like I've yeah. seen him one time yeah. do this mushroom gap and the gap was like the tree the mushroom was at the start off was like 18 foot in the air the gap's mm. like 30 30 foot gap and it's not even like a it's just a roller but he knew to come down hit it fast enough launches off back taps and falls another 30 foot past it and lands switchy pal and just 
<laughs> smack just flies out of it like it was just mm. so beautiful and like I remember like actually you know like you know I was literally like you scared me mm. I was like ah mm. and then they're like holy shit bro because yeah. yeah I mean fuck like people I mean kids up the hill they're fanning out on their like Jamie Anderson or that yeah. as they should be oh but yeah it's, but it's like dude, you don't realise that their favourite pro rides here every day absolutely like, man and absolutely. that's Will that's um, right what was this one about oh, yes. the, the, the side of the Cadrona Road oh that's right so uh, after after you know doing multiple trips for them coming back I think it was only like a couple of years ago like two or three years ago when we had a good good dump uh, way past Pringles and I'm coming up and it's not too far up from the top, but there's this perfect little, like, uh, the, the the face is all perfectly long and there's this notch there. And I remember, like, driving down the day before, like, wow, that's going to be on soon. Mm. And then I'm, like, coming up and I see this, I just look up and went, oh, someone's going over to the notch. And I was like, far out. Fuck, who the hell is that? And it's like a blue jacket. And I thought, okay, we'll see what they do. And this rolls, this fella rolls in. And like, well, I was like, whoa, he's got, like, he's just hitting, oh, he's got some pace, he's got some pace. And then boom, just does this method. It's like, without exaggeration, it's over 50 foot. It's so long. It's, well, fuck, it's longer than 50, but it's just like, I'm in my car, almost trying not to go and drive off the road, going, oh, who the hell is that? And I was with my bro, Jacob Bradley. We both just looked at it, like, because it was actually my friend Jacob Bradley. He was like, whoa, check that dude out. We're like, oh, he's going for that notch. I was like, damn, who's that? That's a, that's a bad boy place to be, you know, because mm. I was looking like, whoosh, you've got to know what you're doing. And then he launches and both Jacob and I are like, holy shit. Come around the corner. I go up the corner because we're like, I start speeding up a bit to see who it is. I come around the corner. Who's standing on the side hitchhiking? It's fucking Will Jackways. And I just <laughs> turned to my brother. I was like, oh my God, that's my homeboy, Will Jackway. And he's like, how do you know Will Jack? How do you know him? I was like, I ride Japan with him. We picked him up, man. And I opened the door. I was like, fucking hell. Of course it's you mm. doing the gnarliest method. The, mm. one, the one line that managed to get there that dared to do it. And it's Will J. Of course, like, so that guy knows better than anyone. Oh, totally. I seen I seen Torstein fan out on him once. Fair Fucking cool. Torstein. Very like, cool. He was in the workshop with us. We were detuning his board for him, <laughs> and we had a we had a signed Madwax poster that's it, on the wall there now. Yeah. And he's like, and this is when Will did his um, videographs part. Oh yes. And uh, well, and, uh, yes. and he's like, you guys know Will I was like yeah be mates yeah, he's my mate you know he lives around the road yeah and then just went on this tangent about how gnarly that video grass part was in the ender and oh my god I can't believe you know him it's like dude he's like Wanaka's yeah, best friend yeah, like, yeah yeah that's right you know. so well, um that's awesome to know yeah oh, Jamie Jamie Anderson as well fan, fan mm. out on that shit well, I've met a lot of cats that are like talked oh, who was that when I was in Japan well, I mean she could have picked anyone to guide her in Japan and she chose him like Fuck. Yeah, that's that yeah. speaks for itself right and, there. And if I don't know if you're following uh, the post at that time, did you see some of the hits they were taking it through? Like, mm. oh, just glorious! Like, man, and there's a couple of them. It's just like you just don't realize how gnarly that dude is. Like, he, mm. he just so bloody humble about it. But like, yeah. just one of them is just like, 
it's big man it's just and it's perfect ear right down it's just like holy shit dude just always catches it they can be like half a foot and he'll catch the fucking tranny right that's beautiful um so with shapeshifter you guys were involved quite a lot with the burton open in new zealand right doing the after parties and that sort of thing Kombucha. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. That's right. So, dear friend of ours, one of our dear friends of ours, I should say, mentors of Shapeshifter from the very beginning, our first ever sponsors and first ever like uh, advice on how to go about getting sponsorship was through Guy Alty, Guy and Cheryl Alty. Mm. Sam Bora goes in and sees sees uh, higher ground goes hey I'm in this funky band you should check us out and I'm chatting away and that's to Cheryl and Cheryl's like yeah hold up I'll go talk to my husband he's the man so she walks in and goes hey I've got this funky dude in there she'll probably check them out he's, he's talking some like pretty cool shit and then boom they hooked us up sponsorship and that's pretty much so guy ran high ground looked after Which Burton looked after Forum looked after Gravis and everything early, yeah. For him. yeah 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 all that stuff so and he loved us man and um, so he was always like okay get you guys on board for the Burton Opens we'd play the, we were like the, some of the last gigs at the Wanaka Town Hall where you had no we had you know could go to 600 yeah people yeah. standing on the stairwells it was a fire hazard I can mm. understand it now mm. but shit those were good days you mm. know and like I remember, like, you know, playing the Burton Open when uh, Sean White did the first double cork 10 back to back in a half pipe. Yeah, first ever. Snow in the Park world. days. Was that Snow Park? Uh, was uh, that Cadrona? I think that one was actually Snow Park, yeah. Right. Was it Snow Park or one of them? Snow Park or Cadrona? No, it must have been Snow Park because it was Super Pipe. Mm. But it was the first ever time. Because double corks, I remember the first time I ever seen ever seen a double cork in the flesh. I remember that actually. It was sorry, yeah. contradict you there. It was actually Cadrona, two thousand and nine. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah that's I right. I was on my lunch break. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, it must be. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's right. Because yeah, because no, I'm sure it was. Yeah, because at that time, ta- taking nothing away from Snow Park, because Snow Park was fucking sick. No, nah, that's oh, right. It was legendary. Yeah. But so, how big was the pipe then? What was, were they writing? I want to say homes? eighteen. 22? Yeah, it was it was up there. It wasn't yeah. 15. It was up there, yeah. yeah eight, it was, wasn't 22, but it was about it was prob- 18. Probably somewhere between 18 and yeah. 20 then. But, you know, it was yeah. it was beautiful at the time. And I remember um, not actually seeing it, but coming back, and Guy was telling me all about it, going, fuck. And I remember hearing all the rumours, and I mentioned over the mic, even on well, the plane, I was like, damn, I heard everything was firing Uppercut is it the the burden open first ever back to back double corks, and a pipe unbelievable. And I remember just at that time trying to fathom a back to back double cork or double yeah. inversion invert like in a, in a pipe in a single yeah. pipe. It's like what the fuck? Now it's pretty much just bonkers what they do now. Mm. But like yeah, those are the and then around the, the year after or something like that, Travis. Travis Rice was coming over and destroying the shit out of Snow Farm, Snow, Snow Park. Park. With, um, that would have been with the That's It, That's All That's filming. It, That's All, that's right. And I DJed the premiere of the video in Monica. That's and right. 
spread for the after for the for the party of that. It was like man, I was, I was buzzing out like hell yeah. It was nerve wracking because I was like DJing in, in the front row. There was like Ross Clark Jones, uh, Tom Carroll, all my like hero surfers there. Like yeah. I was more nervous about them being in the same room than any of the other pros because. No, you know, they were, I looked up to them so much mm. more than all. They were like legit legends already then. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. That's all was when it just like shit got blown out of the park, eh? I mean, like, yeah, like no one was ready for that video. Like that was the at the time the best snowboard absolutely. video anyone had ever made. Big metal, big metal tunes and triple corks in the mm. back country, like. And because I, I think often like people sort of associate it with the later movies like Art of Flight or whatnot that were a bit more commercial but that's, oh, yeah. that's all it's still a really like yeah. raw dog snowboard yeah raw dog and it was and, but for them you know that was, that was still the biggest production they've ever mm. done reached it but it was like, still like kind of because they had that step up at snow park that he was literally bombing yeah. the whole of snow yeah, park right. at the oh, fucking thing yeah that's right that's <laughs> right and that's around I think it was Holy the same shit. year that old um Ken Block brought, brought, brought a Subi in, was jumping the Subi. Oh, over the- very iconic. I just listened to that on the bomb hole. They talk about that on the bomb hole podcast. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And he fucking, he fucked his back in that one. It was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, the thing, see, oh, R.O.P. I'm going to shout out to Sam. Lee and the whole crew from back in those days, mm. man. Like, that was... Unfortunately, it was ahead of its time. It was mm. so ahead of its time. It was next level shit. As mm. good as it was, world class before it could afford to be managed and looked after. Oh man, like, like New Zealand snowboarding, man, free skiing as well. owes Samley and snowpipe absolutely, so much. absolutely. Like, I mean, the first to bring the superpipe big shit mm. in, like, and the first had multiple kickers and just the lift and that pub, the bar mm. right there. How, the whole, like, how fun with a night ride? Nice. Oh, like, and then to the spa. <laughs> I didn't experience the spa then. <laughs> um, and, but like, how was the first year they opened when it was a tea bar? And fuck, you like you pull a you pull a eight hour shift riding there, and you were fucking done. Oh yeah, like, man. <laughs> like, like, was so much fucking riding done. But oh man, like, ah, that's when fuck. you just rode till you fell apart. Mm. Well, it's fucking crazy to think that that place has been gone almost as long as it was around for. Like, it's nearly yeah. been 10 years. It's wow. fucking nuts. Because I remember when, like, yeah. say about five years ago, I'd have kids work for me in the workshop be like, you know, everyone kind of knew what snow park was. Mm. And then you have one that's like, what's snow park? You're like, what do you mean, what's snow park? Mm. But now as you get kids like, what's snow park? It's like, oh, well, okay, that's actually a fair question. Like, you know. <laughs> and the irony that Carlos Garcia Knight went up there, what, a year or two ago, and I uh, was jibbing that the stair set's still there yeah, yeah. and got fucking kicked out. It's like, whoa, that's different to how it Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like the irony was fucking beautiful. Hard. But <laughs> Yeah, it's you know, it's um still nice up over there. I, mm. I take the old snowmobile snow motorbike up there and cruise it. That's what I've been getting into lately. That's my that's my uh filling in the gaps. And to be honest, that's the next line of adventure that I want to pursue and take it to the next level. Snow, snow motorbikes, yeah. Cool. You still snowboarding stuff too? Or? Oh yeah, yeah. I'll never stop. Always mm. got to keep, you know, keep snowboarding. It's just mm. that. Yeah, it's kind of far out, man. The, the four fifty dirt bikes with these 
snow kits on it and like who would have thought just cruising around adventuring mm. in the back country and would the, be the baddest shit in the world is this over in the Pisa range yeah place? the Hector and Pisa ranges oh nice yeah and do you uh, is it like um, you got like guides and shit or uh, so with my mate uh, Hamish Goodall owns snowmoto.co.nz mm. we he's got eight uh, seven bikes he hires out for um for people to come and do it We've, he's got the lease on this area it's about 20 cadronas fucking hell it's huge out in the hectares oh it's more about 15 to 18 of the year. Oh, yeah and wow. the area's massive oh, so sick. when you're at Kingston look up all that stuff over there it's just like it's gnarly all rounded on this side but then on the other side you got all these like beautiful fucking Drops, Sweet. cornices, some scary shit. Very, you got to be careful because it's pretty gnarly. But so it's, it's how, pretty how much difference is it, say, riding a snowmobile or a skidoo or whatever? It's it's a complete different world. It's easier. Oh yeah, it's a hell of a lot easier. Right. It's gnarly because it's still a machine, mm. big four fifties, but it's easier to manoeuvre because you know it works like a jet ski when you got gas on. That's when they turn. Right. So yeah, it's actually man, they're amazing. Mm. Amazing, real easy, um, and then you get to the level where you know once you get it sorted, you can take it to the next level. We through rocks and, mm. but oh, you got to be careful because it's it is full on. Mm. But like once you get a few more a few hours under your belt, that's when you lean it over and start doing donuts and. So can anyone get on and do these things, or do you yep. need a bit of motorbike? Uh, anyone can ride them women have come out quite a few women it helps having some motorbike knowledge or even just bike uh, right. uh, ability to balance mm. and the rest you can learn right on the spot at first it's full on first couple of ones are full on then you, you ease into it then you have lunch have a couple of sausages and a beer you know right round two and sweet. usually the second time round, you're like ah oh, there you go oh sweet but yeah and I've uh, actually I'm going to rewind the tape a little because there's something I wanted to ask you about was the Queenstown days oh yes um, Half a House of Horrors Half a House of Horrors yeah oh yeah that was over here actually was it in Wanaka yeah it was in Wanaka that's right far out that's digging into your because everyone forgets that Huffer was made fucking rad out of weird back in those a- absolutely. days absolutely it's yeah. some of the best like, some of the best so like when I first met well um, Buckley was my mate I knew Dan Buckley first and mm. that stuff and then because Dan Buckley's one of the best skaters a country's ever had he's sick yeah. yeah he is sick get him on a mini ramp and he still destroys mm. he's one of those unassuming doesn't look like a ripper well you can't really judge a book by it's covered and mm. see him on see him bust because of bust bust so I first remember hearing oh he's down in Queenstown and he's like friends and uh um and then Steve. then Steve then Dunstan and the brother Dunstan then they were down there based there and I remember because Huffle was first Dylan Dylan was with Dylan Butts Dylan, yeah. Dylan Butts and Steve Ferguson too and Steve Ferguson yeah. yeah that's right because it, it always yes exactly they had this mm. badass style of things and um, they were hooking up downtown and downtown said oh, I should introduce you to Steve so I got introduced to the bro and they were flying us gears and that stuff and he was like hey man we're going to be coming down doing Half a House Horrors. It's pretty much just a sponsored a party. We're going to, like, got a house down there. Man, we're going to, like, throw a gig, come down, check out our outerwear and all that. 
But yeah, they were. That's right. They were leading the, the game at that time for because they brought on that whole make it comfortable, make it look good, mm. real nice cuts, make them well, and make it actual functional. You know, mm. breathable and able to like handle you. Mm. I had the circle jacket last me for a yeah, year. man, same. Yeah. Far out, yeah. and so many of those. I um, wish I still so read. House of Horrors was basically just like a was it like a video series that they did? Or yeah, a video it? series based around yeah coming down and celebrating snowboarding and right. party and that stuff. Yeah, because I think I've seen one where Andy Kenley overshot a step up by like another fifty feet past oh. the landing or some shit. Yeah, man, that's and the thing is, yeah, it was to bring the yeah. the crazies out of the woodwork. <laughs> Sweet. Things you do for sponsors, eh? <laughs> and especially it was things it kept her young then, so it was mm. just like, let's see what's the bo- what the body's capable of yeah. enduring. Yeah. Well, that's my list out. If I missed, is there anything else you think we need to talk about and stuff? Or well, best method, shit. Best method. Well, Jamie, we'll, we'll go on to this is stock enders. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, we, yeah, yeah. They don't have to be quick. You can talk whatever you want. So oh, wait up, wait up. Favourite rider? Favourite rider. There's been a few through the years, but I always come back to Jamie Lynn just because, you know, that method, gloveless. Yeah. <laughs> it was gnarly. But, well, it's, you know, between the two, for like him and Cardio. Yeah. That, so it was Cardio's first snowboarding movies were so inspirational for me because of, like, that he was a skater and what he was doing, like mm. the, the way he skatified it, you know, he was a fit, doing fives and real skate style, and then he would bring it the snowboard style to his skating, and it was like, just like like watching him in Riders of the Storm with those Japan backside ooh. ones. It's like fuck, you still can't do them that good today. Nah, out, you can't out tweak the cards. No, no. So that's why, like you know, him and him and Jamie Lynn, you know, like oh, Jamie Lynn, like one of the favorite ones was his half cab to method. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, the yeah. way he just half cabs it and then rah, yeah, it's just like beautiful. powerful rider. How cool is it? He's been had a model with Lib for as long yeah. as he's had. And those are the I've had, mm. you know, they're pretty much one of the most sports I've had is the Jamie Lynn's mm. Lib Techs. Mm. Thank you for your patching. <laughs> You've patched uh, the, a few of them. The, Slayer, <laughs> the infamous Slayer patch. The Slayer patch. It roars fast. Next one, favorite mountain. Favorite mountain. Ooh, in New Zealand, well, in the South Island, it's kind of, oh, oh, shit. Tough one, different, different, yeah, mm. if I have to be. Doesn't have to be one, though. Yeah, but. well, you know, it's, luckily we, 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 we look after it now, but TC is always mm. like, it's just nah, it's got mm. like the steepness. But like, um, the, I really love Cadrona because it's like, I'm an ambassador and I've just got to play with it so much over the past couple of years. I really, I really love how I know the mountain. Love how no cardies when it's on. I know exactly where mm. I want to go, and I know exactly like, how to be there before the others. It's just gonna like it's a it's it's one of those mounts that's a good playground with those three turn veins. Yes, that's just absolutely you know, and, and all the way get that long one all the way down to the bottom of Valley View. Mm. Get on the outside of Valley View, even you know, like fucking beautiful. Mm. Uh, yeah. Favorite favorite board, favorite board. My Jamie Lynn one five one five eight Jamie. Any, deck. Oh, yeah, Sick. 
Right, the highest going. That's my favourite. Yeah. <laughs> well, so there's a few man. that I love, but that's my favourite because I like. Bo- I'm quite a weighty dude, and I, I like slashing. And then that is super stiff, old school camber, simple shit that I know mm. cuts like a sword. Sick, unreal. Mm. Favourite video part. Woo! <laughs> that's a tough one. That way, right? Holy. <laughs> I shouldn't have watched heaps of old school videos the other day but oh man oh you know I went through phases for a long time TA it was TA all the way mm. um, far out that's, I didn't even find it thought about that for a long time I didn't love so many off the top of my head fuck I have to come back to that one We'll come back to that one. We're all like, yeah. All right, this one might be a bit easier for your favourite gig. Oh, maybe not. Favourite gig? Well, <laughs> favorite as, a, gig? as a shapeshifter uh, uh, that I've ever done? Oh, oh but whatever way you want to take it, man. Well, there's been some amazing, amazing ones. But my favourite gig, like, um, playing, playing at Glastonbury for the first time was up there. That's pretty heavy, yeah, right? Yeah, oh, fuck. real nerve-wracking, but then just beautiful because just like finally we've but we've made it's like playing in one of the holy holy grounds so extremely iconic yeah to play 300,000 people at a bloody festival this is like it was bonk or 250 holy shit yeah yeah wow that's rad man yeah not saying that they were all watching us but the fact that we made it there played there that was one of the best but you know that's a pretty good achievement for a band from Little Old NZ right? hard out man like, hard out awesome. that same year we played like Exit Festival in Serbia as well which was well up there right. another one where we were the exotic fruit right you know like we were from New Zealand people came to watch us we had like 10,000 people watching us just because they're like New Zealand shapeshift and they were just like <laughs> so what's the glass from you going like what other bands were on that that time Oh, a couple of alright ones like BB King, Beyonce, Wu Tang, Little Dragon, everyone under the fucking sun. It was unreal. It was it was like it was one of those moments that made me smile. Like we fucking made it, man. BB King and Wu Tang, that's fucking awesome. BB King, Wu Tang, Little Dragon, James Blake saw James Blake for the first time. Floored me. Then Niles Barkley just tore shit up. Another real cool one that was good by surprise was um, Friendly Fires. Friendly Fires. Man, if you ever check, they were like 18-piece band on stage. Kind of like um, guitar-y, kind of poppy. Fuck, they were good. They were like a celebration. So we'll split this one into two. So favourite gig you've attended, like not playing it, but like as a a punter? Oof, this... Three that are right up there. Ray Charles. I saw Ray Charles at no the... No uh, way. Yeah, yeah, I got to see Ray, Ray Charles at, in uh, Napier at um, the Mission Winery. It was Fuck. another level. Bob, who used to work for me, yes. would fucking lose his shit finding out that you got to see Ray, Ray Charles. Yeah, oh, That's there you go. Awesome. Yeah, man, it was real special. I cried. It was like... Uh, there's only a few gigs I cried at, and that was one of them... Mm. Stevie Wonder was one of the other ones that I cried at too because you know I was with my twin sister we were second row from the front and I could hear his voice over I could hear his live timbre like not just through the PA I could physically hear Stevie Wonder's living from the city 
everything. He did it like uh, right, everything. He played for two and a half hours. He played for an hour and a half, and then did a medley of all the songs he didn't play. And it, it was just like you really got to. That's what I'm saying. Like Ray Charles was the same level. Like the the catalog. You just saw what a what an artist, how prolific they were. Mm. And the other one is Prince. Oh yeah. no way! You could see Prince twice. Sick. And so I can't really. They're on this. They're in that league of another. In the mm. like, like they are. Well, can only dream to be there. They're all certified legends in the music world, yes. right? I mean, well, yeah, pretty, man. pretty unfuckwithable. Unfuckwithable, mm. and yes, yeah, so that's that's me really. And the, other, the rest are just the normals. So, uh, favorite city. Favorite city. Oh, if I was going to live in a city. In New Zealand, I'd probably go back to Wellington if I had to live in a city. But, you know, um, Berlin. Sick. Shit. A lot, of, lot of history there, eh? Yeah, yeah, it was just so good when I lived there. Um, you lived like, there? Yeah, yeah, shapeshifter. Well, we, we, we lived there for a while. Sick. Lived there for the year, half a year. Yeah, based there right. to do music and that stuff. And that's when we did all the Glastonbury, all the festivals and that stuff. So, Kreuzberg. Just the multiculturalness of it all, mm. and the fact that you had to like, you always I was always outside of my comfort zone. You know, it was really hard to communicate. So you're always on that kind of like, fucking, uh, how do I, uh, uh, you know? And it's yeah. quite nice to be out of your comfort zone. You take it for granted when you live in New Zealand, English yeah. speaking, and that stuff. Yeah. And then we'll get to places over there where they couldn't speak English or German. And I couldn't speak, you know, yeah. we just like the sign language, you know, it ended up, like taught me to be a bit more resilient and a bit more mm. like um, resourceful. Yeah. And then I ended up falling in there. First, I didn't really like it. I was like, fuck, this is hard. But then I really, really fell in love with So, yeah. Oh, sweet. I'd be, yeah, Berlin's up there, man. Brand, favorite trick? Favorite trick mm. to do myself or what I like to see? Both. On what, bikes or boards or? Snowboards. Well, because we'll, we'll, oh, yeah. it's for snowboarding, we'll start with that. But if you want, yeah, favorite you know, trick on snowboards, man. Man, I still just love big front threes, boned nice. out. Yes, yeah. so nice and simple. Big back one, boned out like a little late, mm. late. Bang, get your fucking tail out. Like Terry used to do an amazing hard. late back one. Eh? Hard, yeah. hard like that. those. You know. I love doing those, but mm. my front trees are pretty average now. <laughs> but, you know, just back ones, man. So, and you could sound like you had some bike tricks. Yeah, oh, bikes is just, just you know, just whips. Yeah, yeah, which is like the method of biking, right? Exactly, it's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah. Exactly what it is. And the thing is, what's cool is you, you have one whip comes easier, and that's usually, you'll notice the cats that... Um, well, it depends if they're like a front side bone or a, or a because um, like because the, the whip the, what, the other way feels like a front side tail boner. Right. You yeah. do the same thing. You do have to do that same thing. You and you bend the bars like that. Yeah. And with my whip that way, it's like it's just almost the same bone hand like out. Nose bone. You're doing exactly the same so, thing. I, I can't help but look at mm. things like skateboarding. Yeah. Because I am a skater, and going to bikes, same shit. 
Oh, man. Don't Fate. know how cats spin that shit, though. <laughs> man, like watching that Magaza Fest Ooh! was fucking gnarly. That, dudes go down and get up. <laughs> that, that train that those dudes... Yes. Or, oh, well, yes. not just dudes, like guys and girls were hey, fucking doing. And, yeah, one of the bros' uh, mothership went down. He slammed really? unconscious. Did you, did you see the hectic one? Have you seen the hectic one where they just started... The train had just started. He goes off the last kicker. Knocks himself out. Oh, hits it, comes short on a 360, gets high-sided, knocked out, right in the middle of the landing, and the footage is epic. This carnage just like, dude's flying, like, stop, and they're trying to stop, stop. People coming down, and it's like, I think it t- takes them like 30 riders to Jesus come down. Christ, the dude ain't no joke. Oh, man, no, but, man. Um, uh, favourite board graphic? Favourite board graphic? Jamie Lynn, anything yeah. Jamie Lynn's. And I think I've already touched on the, this one, but best method. Yeah, Jamie Lynn, Jamie mate. Lynn. Sick. Shit, yeah. And uh, it's not over yet. We've got to go back to that favourite video part, homie. Oh, yeah, favourite video part for a long time was, you know, I really love, I forgot what his name is on a Whiskey 3. Just for the simplicity of it. Like, like Sean Johnson. Sean Johnson. I love that shit. But kick out the jams. Yeah, bro, kick out the jams. That ca- is, bro. Fuck, dude. That I is, still watch it now. For, for me, that is original amping. Dude, that's still good to watch now. Like, thank you. Whiskey 3 is fucking. Kick out the jams, yeah. Yeah, dude. Oh, man, every time I put like, it on, I want to put have spots and drink beer. His fucking slam yeah. at the start. Oh, yeah, man. Like, it's no fucking joke. Dude, and that still was one of my favorites just for the rawness of it. And mm. that, I watched, I like that because it makes me want to ride. Yeah. Oh. Where there's other parts like, you know, fuck, Travis Rice stuff for, for just the bonkersness of it all. Yeah. That stuff where they're hitting right over the trees and he's he's going up doing that shifty inside rail, bonks it, and then comes to the back, you know, the mm. two seventy rounds, like, or four seventy rounds. It's like, that there, I love that for bonkersness, but yeah, Sean Johnson. Bro, yes, you know dude, what we're talking I love that video, dude. Like, he, he's, how's that seven that is yes. caught and it's an accidental seven like the last part he just oh. is survival yes bro ah, the uh, last one eighty years. any of our listeners like if you haven't seen Sean Johnson and Whiskey 3 go watch it I mean those Whiskey videos are fucking funny how like it's like people have putting in their videos now it's like oh dude that's not that, putting yeah, no, how yeah, cute no. yeah yeah, that's, yeah exactly well this is good that you <laughs> that, that the rain did in, but mm. that was unadulterated, just wild boys, oh. you know, just like kind of testing the waters. Mm. Going oh, they're um, so there's this Canadian podcast, the fucking rad snowball podcast, and Sean, Sean, yeah, Sean Johnson oh, and right. Sean Coons both have awesome, I and they're that. like mm, fucking awesome listening, yeah, yeah, my dude, you well, know. Oh, that's about us. Is there uh, any thanks or shout outs? 21 digs, mate. Um. Shout out to you, firstly, for all the uh, P-Techs you've put on my boards <laughs> through the years. Thank you, my homie. Well, you're very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Man, got a shout out to the Cardona fans, you know, Bridget Lingnowski, I love you, woman, and all your crew, your amazing spide for the years of inspiration. Man, that dude, still ripping. I love him. Even the other day, going riding bikes all the other day, he's like, come for a ride with me. We'll do a trail to give a dixie. Smokes it off. I was like, check this fella in his 50s. He's yeah. ripping. So, yeah, all those crew. Dills, but love you. Dill, the man. Yeah. The man's a choice, bro. Man, well, thank you so much for your time, and thank you for coming in, bro. Sweet, bro. bro honor, and I'm glad that you're doing this. Yeah, we've got to keep these stories, eh? Like, yeah. We can't lose them. Uh-huh. Well, you know, they'll... 
let some time pass. I'll come back for round two. I'll remember a few more yeah, things. Yeah, so, sounds like we might need to. I think I've got Ewan and Haiji both penciled in for round two. Yeah, oh, some boy. Oh. Yeah. I like him too. He's a fucking good bastard. All right, we're back. Don't hang up the phone. We've just thought of more things to talk about. Um, fucking Ollie Brunton. Ollie Brunton. What a styly dude. So I remember just hearing how gnarly this dude skated. He was a real good skater, and it was like a real styly dude. And at that time, I was skateboarding. I was living in Wellington, and I bought my first snowboard with my student loan, my first student loan, as every good student should. Yeah. So it was full set up, and I went... And I remember buying a magazine and I'd seen Ollie Brunton doing a proper method air out of a pipe. Back when I didn't even realise that we had half pipes in New Zealand. And this was like unit sort of Yeah, this was unit, that's right. And he had his own board company back Mm. then. How's that? And like, and then the other video, other picture I remember seeing was of Quentin Robbins in a unit. And that's when I was like, okay, that's legit fire. And then when I first come down here... Him and what's Pamela Bell. Yeah, they were like the the the, the couple at the mm. at the time, and Kalina dominating, dominating. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Shoot, Olympics. Yeah, they both went to Olympics back in the day. People don't even know those names Nin- anymore. Ninety eight, ninety eight Nagano. That's Olympics. right. People don't even know those names. Pam Bell and Ollie Brunton, mm. and to this day, yeah, he is. You know, I kind of, I really. I looked up to him because of the fact that he was Māori mm. and half cast and and so you know I was brown and there's not there weren't many brown dudes mm. for me I didn't see many brown dudes at the time and uh, that were doing it but I didn't really care I didn't mm. you know skateboarding taught me it doesn't matter about your skin man it's about yeah. what's within yeah so that was the way I always looked at it but I couldn't help but going wow this dude and then I saw him ride in the flesh one time and I remember like trying to like I'll go try and follow him keep up and it's impossible I remember just going what the fuck this dude's a weapon like I mean yeah that dude man fuck like he was the first time I met him so when I was 18 I went and did the New Zealand Snowboard Academy not not because I had any chance of being sponsored no fucking way I did it because I wanted to meet Ollie Brunson and see if I could (laughs) buy a unit board yeah And like, fuck, seeing him was like seeing, to me, like seeing Jamie or Terrier. Or, Hard out, eh? Like, and fuck, like. He was on that level. He definitely yeah. was like, we were like normal dudes, and he was like, I remember like looking at, oh, well, that's, you know, wow, that like, dude's making it. His <laughs> writing in the 90s still holds up now. Like, Shit, yeah. that interview in New Zealand Snowboarder with that front three shifty. Yeah, so it's still, And it's still pretty big for like if someone did that that size today it would still get your attention especially if it's done that nice looking too yeah and yeah yeah and he had beautiful methods too man yeah you could push him out and oh fuck and and even to this day we follow each other on instagram oh instagram's a beautiful thing like that you know it's Mm. funny it's it's kind of annoying but it's also fucking choice how can you make these connections and Mm. we could have made bit of a connection Dude. through through the Instagram thing and we're like I've been following him foiling lately mm. and he is still He's inspiring living me. in Vietnam yeah. Dude, Dude, next level shit too man every time he fucking like likes one of my pictures <laughs> I, I'm like 
Oh, like that grommet me comes out still, and like holy fuck, same like, movie. Holy same. fuck, yeah. he just—I cannot believe that just happened. Yeah, bro, like, shit, <laughs> stop it. You do it. You do. I do the same because because mm. uh, he is that he is that caliber and that mm. uh, he that notoriety. He has that that air of like you were the first, one of the first to really fuck. take it up. Because I remember like in the nineties, I didn't understand why he was riding one six five boards. Yeah. And then you go to the half pipe comp and it'll be like a 10, 12 foot half pipe or whatever. Yeah. And he was busting like 12 to 15 out of it. Yeah, man. And it sort of made sense now. Like, yeah, big. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like, he's big. just Straight. operating oh. way higher. Yeah, yeah that's I, I right. sort of made a comment on Ewan's interview. Like, this podcast is so dangerously close to becoming a love letter to unit snowboards. Yeah, but hey. Like, because, like, those, like, <laughs> Quentin and Ollie, they just fucking yeah. dominated not just New Zealand scene, though, international. No, that's right. Like, and I remember seeing when Quentin got invited to TEA's Arctic Challenge. Yeah, I mean... And that footage there is yeah. unreal. Q-Dog. That's why... And I also remember seeing Q-Ride for the first time. It was... I don't know if it was Temple. I oh, know it was... Mount Hutt, Mount mm. Hutt. That was the, so the first top of the mountain I ever read was actually Temp, not Temp, what was the one with just the T bars up? Porters, uh, Porter Heights. Porter Heights. Yeah, right. I came down and did that. I had a purple afro back in the day. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, and then I remember going to um, literally to Mount Hutt the next day, and you know, man, I was a skater then, just doing straight ears, one eighties, and Quentin was doing. Sevens. Yeah. Back side sevens then. Holy like, yeah. Like, what the hell? But yeah, Quentin, Unit, Ollie Brunton, you guys are legendary, man. Best. Legendary. The best, like. Yeah. And I think what people don't seem to realise now is that they, like, Zoe Sinnott, yeah. Carlos, JJ, Will Jackways, yeah. Abby Jackways. Yes. Christy Pryor, all of these people, Drew Bray. Yes. Ollie and those dudes, like, I, I could be wrong on this, but I feel like Ollie Brunt and those dudes laid the foundation absolutely. for that to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And, they and, were. And, uh, I mean, someone's probably going to correct me in the comments. Well, they were showing but, us that they could take it to an international level, taking yeah. it to the Olympics. Yeah. And, you know, that was the first Ollie B I met. The other one was Ollie Burke, that wild <laughs> dog. So, I, you know, we yeah. had a real good thing. It was the skateboarding. We connected through our skateboarding. Yeah. And to this day... Fucking Ollie Burke is the only one that's rocked my foundation. Like, I've collided with people. Yeah. Normally, I take people out yeah. and, like, put them in hospital or <laughs> or concussed or shit. Yeah. This one time, it was in Dylan and... So, Dylan uh, Buttress and Sam Britton at the time lived in, Nap- in, in, in Dalefield and they had a tennis court. And they decided, randomly, we're going to make a vert ramp. So, they made this vert ramp. One didn't have a... a uh, platform but the other side did and man i could do eggplants back then shit with no pads what the fuck i remember like it was only like a 10 foot ramp so it was nice and fun but i remember like we had this wild ass session and everyone's just skating hard and we're drinking as well and blazing and this one time it was this heated session and I drop in, I roll and drop in, and Ollie drops in the same time, and we both collide on the flat like a square. Book, mm. and 
he got the better of me, man. And he got me so good. And it was the first time I've ever been rocked. I was like, so that's what it feels like. Damn. Like, fucking hell, <laughs> Ollie, you bastard. And I love him dearly to the day. Mm. You know, he's just a fucking... Wears it on his sleeve, goes raw, goes in fucking hard. I can't wait to have him on here. Shit, yes. Fucking stories be gnarly. (laughs) They will be gnarly! (laughs) Whenever I think of Ollie Burke, I think of like huge Atlanta snowboards. Yeah. And like fucking Wanaka Big Ear and Oh, yeah, bro. He's the first person I ever saw do a double backflip in front of me, and I thought he was going to kill him fucking self. Really? Yeah, because we came over here to get this one. We came over here to get TC first lifts. I came over with Carl Vincent. We pull up, stay at, at I was when Ollie and Rion were living next to Mitch and Mitch Brown and the Browns. Yeah, and we pull up there in the morning. We pull up about two thirty, have some bombs and some spots. Crash out. We get up first lifts, and we're going up there. And Bros is like, we're going to straight line straight on the head, Diggy pulled out just straight down here it was all we're doing and I remember cracking up going (laughs) and like Carl's going just follow these dudes so we get in there do the straps up and sure enough he just bombs straight under the chairlift because it was like mega deep it was like 70 centimetres of fresh and fuck I followed him because I I liked how gnarly he was on a skateboard so I was like let's see how gnarly the suckers on a snowboard Mm. and I was charging I was like and he didn't even stop and he just launches and I was like what are you doing like off the side of the of the the cat track just launches into a double uh, backflip and it's like we're hauling ass Mm. like close to 70k and just go straight into the cat track and I was like I remember seeing him we're like this fucker's loose as fuck, man. Mm. And he goes upside down, and I thought, why is he going to do a backflip? And he's up in the air, still going up, and he's already gone around. And I remember <laughs> just going, what the fuck is he doing? And then he, like, kind of, then he just gets a bit extended open, and then pulls back in, double back in, just lands, and just, and even Rion was just flying after him. I remember those, just going, those dudes are fucking. They're on another they're, level. I mean, was, Ollie, Ollie and Rion. They gotta be like T C royalty, right? Yeah. Like huh. OG. Like the OG coneheads, like yeah. Ollie Burke, Rion, Dino, Dino, Dino. and Jar Harris. Jar Harris is And they were all the OG Here's the baby, triple dude. cone snowboard mm. team. That's right, that's right? what that's and, right, that's the one. And those fuck like I mean, I just shit, yeah. I just I yeah. You know, I'd hear about things every now and then, like they they did fucking what of what? Yeah, totally. The funniest like, thing I heard about was when we, when I went down to the skate park. And I was like, oh, is there any ramps around here? Any bowls? Like, oh, there used to be a ramp, but the Wanaka local stole it. And I was like, what? They stole a ramp? How do you do that? It's like, well, it was left there and it wasn't quite. I mean, it was Ollie and Rion and that. Ask him about it. What? I don't really know whose it was, <laughs> but it was, or well, the Queenstown gets loose. The fucking Wanaka cat stole the ramp and they put the. the that, that was the boardhouse ramp. The boardhouse, the real super tight one. The that world's was, smallest vert ramp, right? Yeah, yeah, it was like, I hated it. I hated it. And like Dino would talk it up like it was this beautiful thing. And it got me so low. When I say Dino, I mean Dean Hunt. Yeah. Uh, Dino Johnson, but one of Dino Johnson, you may have mm. forgot. But um, yeah, I remember just going, hearing, uh, like, I was like, okay, what kind of rate? He goes, oh, it's tight, it's small, but it's real fun. And I remember getting the scene, and I was like, so I remember remember rock to faking that and felt like I'd achieved something. Because you did. Yeah. It was hard. So (laughs) I 
don't know for sure. I think I've seen it on a Facebook group somewhere, but Spy and a bunch of dudes actually built that in Queenstown back yes. in the day. I yes. find out so when I, he comes Yeah, yeah, that's right. right. So that you find out because yeah. that's, and I think they were reclaiming it. Right. But all the Queenstown dudes at the time, and I remember like, this is hilarious. And I was like, who the f-? And they were like, we're going to go over and get it. And I was like, yeah, who is this? And they were like, oh, Ollie Burke and that. And I remember like, oh, I heard he's a good cunt. <laughs> Sorry, GC dropped the C-bomb. <laughs> I hope I'm not the first to drop the C-bomb. Oh, dude, it's a, it's, a, it's a podcast in the South Island of <laughs> yeah. New Zealand that's going to happen. Well, yeah, that was notoriety, so mm. that's me. I could have called it a rat. But. I remember, like, like, say, Rion, like, seeing this picture of him in New Zealand snowwater, and the caption blew my fucking head off. Like, he's, <laughs> he's banging an indie off this rock, and the caption was something like, Rion Moreland scaled up this rock to... To, up, try. Up to drop it, yeah. Like fucking what? And you look at the rock. You're like, how the fuck do you even get up there with a snowboard? Like totally. Yeah. Like those dudes, fuck. Like that's fucking nuts. Yeah, yeah. Like, Him and uh, Dino Johnson as well. I always remember that back three with a mohawk back in the day. Sick. Yeah. And dude was like, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm hoping he says yes, and we, so we can just talk about focus. Hard. Like, oh, there yeah, you go. Dude. But uh, a bit more of a ramble, but yeah, my brother. That's all good. So, so we'll actually, this is our proper wrap up now. That was so worth fucking. Yeah, bringing up, bringing some energy back to those beautiful people that helped the foundations. Ollie Ollie Brunton, thank you for everything. Yeah, Yeah, legends. Yeah, dude, you legends. Well, thank you so much for your time, Diggs. Oh, good, my G. See you when we see you next. Hard, bolt, sweet. One love, one love.